Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Welcome back to another episode of the NLM Sportscast. I'm Frank Conti, and with me, as always, is Bronson Allman. And we're back just a week a week uh, later from our most previous episode to break down some more NFL playoff action. And Bronson, I tell you, it was probably the most exciting weekend. And I know this might be recency bias, but most exciting weekend of playoff football I can remember maybe of all time. Um, so really excited to break down the four divisional round games all coming down to the wire. Um, just action-packed, back and forth, great games. Um, so I know a lot of our listeners were probably excited to hear our takes. And then we'll get you ready for the AFC and NFC championship games. Uh, we're recording Thursday, the 27th of January. So those will be coming up on Sunday, which is the 30th. So... Yeah, Bronson, Cincinnati and Tennessee, San Francisco and Green Bay, the Rams and the Buccaneers, and then the Bills and Chiefs uh, capped it off with probably the the best one of the weekend. So, Bronson, I'll let you jump in, and uh, maybe you can take the first one, the Saturday afternoon tilt between Cincy and Tennessee, and uh, I'll get uh, your thoughts on it, too. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this show by the seat of our pants, guys, so a uh, little, little technical difficulties on uh, your boy's end here, so uh, we... we... <laughs> We went mobile here. I'm on a TV stand with my laptop, so we're good. Hopefully, it sound okay, Frankie. Um, yep. No, uh, not not to not to keep BSing about whatnot, but um, uh, no, you're right about this weekend being probably the craziest weekend of playoffs, the most entertaining weekend of playoffs I've ever seen is in my existence on planet Earth as a football <laughs> fan. Uh, every week, every game came down to the wire, and although Frank wants me to lead off with Cincinnati, Tennessee, I have to admit. That was the game I did not watch very much of. Okay, so I can I can grab that one then. Yeah. So yeah, Cincy Tennessee was a good one, and I, um, you know, really didn't have a rooting interest in this. Uh, both these teams kind of been kind of Steeler thorn in the sides over the last decade oh, yeah. or so. Don't really love either team, but uh, you know, I like the Titans' chances uh, having home field advantage to maybe dethrone the Chiefs. Um, so I was hoping the Titans would win. Because then you might, you know, maybe they they go all the way to the Super Bowl and keep uh, keep Mahomes out. Uh, kind of getting getting tired a little bit of seeing the Chiefs every year, but uh, <laughs> but this one, no, they, uh, as everybody saw past Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals rose up and won a big game on the road. Um, low scoring, a lot of people didn't expect that. With you know, pretty pretty high octane offenses. Derrick Henry was back for the Titans, and he didn't look really hobbled at all. They did limit his snap count, but uh, Foreman number seven. Uh, was running well for for the Titans as well. He's kind of like a, you know, Derrick Henry light. Um, they kind of even look the same, same hair hairstyle and everything. But um, no, the game was tight. Bronson uh, halftime it was nine six kind of field goal fest. And um, later in the game, the, the teams traded turnovers. So it was kind of a big play, like a sack fumble, and then like a few plays later, uh, the other team couldn't capitalize. They'd, be, they'd turn it right back over. So that was kind of how the third and fourth went. And um, in, in the end, it was Burrow and the Bengals doing just enough. 19-16, um, a um, lot of field goals in this game. Uh, and and uh, a lot of people critical of uh, Ryan Tannehill. Can he win the big game? Is he a game manager? He really didn't excite anybody in this game. Looked pretty, looked pretty out of it. Um, 
was it the rust with the with the bye week or or, or nobody really knows but I'm wondering if uh, changes are coming to Tennessee because is that team just a quarterback away um, from really uh, taking off? I mean, Tannehill's been hot and cold for them. Um, but no, yeah, big big opportunity missed for the Titans having home field advantage and to to go one and one and done um, to to an underdog Bengal team that maybe is a little bit ahead of their time right now um, playing with some house money. But uh yeah, the Bengals, they advance. They get to the AFC Championship the first time since 1989, the 88 season, I believe. Uh, it's the last time they, they've been to two Super Bowls in their history, both against the 49ers, a couple of heartbreaking losses to Montana. Potentially maybe a third. Right, right, right. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll chronicle that game uh, in a bit here. But, yeah, the 49ers were, were able to advance this weekend as well. So that's that's still one of the possible matchups out there, a, 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 a third Super Bowl between the, the Niners and Bengals, still one of the chance uh, matchups we could get. But yeah, that one, Bronson, I mean, I, I admittedly didn't watch all 60 minutes, but I did see um, kind of the second half, just no team wanting to take over the game um, would get a big turnover, turn it right back over themselves. Um, I don't remember any big controversial plays. As uh, the crack and tie the Penguins there, three fifty six to go. In and the Jared third. McCann, of course, the former yeah. Penguin. <laughs> I called this because uh, the the Penguins got a goal, uh, kind of on a cheap uh, penalty call that re- was a bad call. So I said the hockey gods are going to even this game up. So yeah, Jari yeah. loses the shutout, which stinks. He just made um, a great breakaway save seconds before that too. I only Kraken only have about 16 shots in this game, but uh, they get on the board here late. And this one looks destined for overtime. Hopefully the pens can win it in the three on three or the shootout. Uh, Cause Seattle's not having a good year. These are two points. The penguins need. Yeah. Um, that's what's on in the background. Bronson and I always have a game. Yeah. On. So if we jump in guys, that's yeah. what we got um, three fifty three left here in the third period. That was it Bronson. I mean, I'll, I'll let you t- uh, take uh your final thoughts on Cincy, Tennessee. I mean, I you, you can jump in on the next game. Oh yeah, I, I definitely um, I didn't think it would score be this. I didn't think it'd be this low. I thought we definitely had some offense. Uh, I thought maybe Tannehill would find more of a uh, better performance here. I necessarily don't know if I want to blame Tannehill for everything going on yeah. here. You know, sometimes you have to tip your your cap to the better team, and mm-hmm. I think that, that was. I think it was the time Cincinnati was the better team. Uh, Burrow was throwing for four hundred yards. He was twenty eight to thirty seven. Uh, for 340 yards. He didn't even throw a touchdown passing through an interception. Their only touchdown was a Joe Mixon rushing touchdown. So um not trying to the bear, foreshadow what possibly could happen, but in, in a victory, maybe not necessarily having a, a super game, but maybe that gets him motivation the next week uh, uh, to kind of uh, up his game and maybe be that guy who uh, uh, makes a difference. Um, Jamar Chase, 100 yards receiving, you know, five catches, 109 yards. So that connection was still staying strong. Um, I mean, Cincinnati does a really good job, too, Frank, of getting everyone involved, uh, not just a guy like Jamar Chase, but Mixon, six catches, C.G. Uzoma, seven catches, uh, T. Higgins, seven catches. And and Boyd was kind of the odd man out. He only had two touches, uh, two catches. Um, So one thing about Cincinnati, they they spread the ball around so much. And... Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, Tannehill, he was 15 to 24, one touchdown. And he did throw three picks. And so I guess yeah. he's going to take the hit. I mean, but I mean, but I just, I don't know. I mean, he's the guy that got you this far. And and the Titans, I think if we've seen how the seasons went, Frank, they've kind of lived and died on their running game. 
uh, with Henry, without Henry, with Foreman. They had they had um, you know a cup of coffee with with Adrian Peterson for a few weeks there too. So um, uh, AJ Brown does get five catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown. But other than that, Frank, I mean, other than uh, Julio Jones, who uh, clearly just is not the guy he used to be, Frank, it's it's fairly obvious that that's not the same guy that we remember years and years ago in, uh, in in Atlanta. But there's no one else that contributed there, pretty much other than that. Um, and, and like I said, sometimes you have to tip your cap to the to the other team. And I thought Cincinnati, mm-hmm. by far, what I did watch was by far the better team. So uh, I ain't mad at that. I think the better team deserved the win. It was the Cincinnati Bengals. And, uh, I mean, I know it's a, I'm, I'm a Steelers fan saying it. Um, not that I'm necessarily cheering for Cincinnati, but uh, they are an exciting team to watch, Frank, if I'm judging as a, as a, a bipartisan, uh, <laughs> impartial, observant football fan. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens uh, as they go. Um, and I won't ruin it right now, but as they go for the AFC title game. That led us into Saturday night, Frank. Uh, that led us to the uh, the Fox matchup. We had the San Francisco 49ers traveling to the great, to uh, Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra, to take on the Green Bay Packers. Um, going into the game, Frank, Aaron Rodgers, 0-3 in the playoffs against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, that's with Garoppolo. That's with Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Um, and uh, he's they've kind of had his numbers. So I think a lot mm-hmm. of people... Uh, I think I think I think the favorite was Green Bay, obviously, but there were some people who probably laid some money on San Francisco, thinking history was going to repeat itself. Um, the first half, Frank, um, we only had one touchdown in the entire. It was this is this was the low scoring game. Just when I thought that since he Tennessee was going to score, this ended up being the low scoring game, um, and uh, it ended up being seven nothing. I will um, seven nothing Green Bay at the half. And uh, that would actually—it's weird to say, Frank, and I keep—I'm going to tell you this, but that would be the only touchdown the Packers would get. That would be the AJ Dillon touchdown. I think they got on like the—I don't know if it was the first drive or second drive or whatever there. Um, but if if you'd have told me after he ran that touchdown, and Frank, that the Packers would not score another touchdown, I would have literally have assumed that you were on some high. Uh, you were under the influence of some very high drugs there, my friend. Um, but that was it, Frank. That was all the Packers could muster in terms of a touchdown. They did get a uh, field goal in the fourth quarter. But then again, the, the 49ers did not score a touchdown until the, until the fourth quarter themselves. Um, and like you said, Frank, it was a battle of field goals pretty much. Um, and believe it or not, the only touchdown uh, that uh, – that the, the Niners would score, um, it, like I said, it would come in the fourth quarter, and uh, or, or or no, was it? Yeah, it was, they touched on the, the fourth quarter. I'm trying to look, I'm trying to remember who had the touchdown, but the stats. I'm cheating. Look at the stats. The stats didn't come up. I remember who had the touchdown, but no one it was maybe it was maybe a defensive touchdown. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. But anywho, Frank, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had, he had no answer for that San Francisco defense, dubbed by Nick Bosa. Um, like I said, uh, Aaron Jones, 12 touches, 41 yards. A.J. Dillon, seven touches for 25 yards in the touchdown. Um, uh, believe it or not, uh, Aaron Jones was their leading receiver, nine catches for 129 yards. That pretty much explains the day that Aaron Rodgers had. Uh, it was snowing there at Lambeau. But then again, that should favor the Packers and not the 49ers. Uh, Devonte Adams had equally as many catches, but only 90 yards there. Um, I was trying to look for you, and, and um, 
Jimmy Garoppolo for the Niners, Frank. You know, maybe he he was 11 of 19, 131 at an interception. So nothing really entirely uh, to write home about for the Niners. But, hey, Garoppolo gets it done. He gets enough done there. And even the Niners' rushing attack wasn't too wasn't too impressive. 17 touches for 53 yards for uh, um, for Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Frank 10 touches for 39 yards. And so this was if you love defensive struggles and you love that knock 'em sock 'em, uh, you know, you know, all out, all out, you know, uh, slugfest football. You got it here, Frank and. Uh, Aaron Rodgers again comes up empty against the 49ers. He is now 0-4 against the Niners. And, of course, uh, the football world, Frank, is wondering, um, will this be the last uh, game Rodgers plays as a Packer? So um, it's uh, it's certainly uh, – this is another playoff exit for Aaron Rodgers. He's certainly, he's certainly taking a lot of heat from the uh, um, – football world you know he's going to be a lot of talk obviously uh where he might go if he indeed decides to go somewhere else um and it just you know a lot of things are being questioned obviously about you know this you know and not to think about this too um uh the the packers are what frank they're what 45 million over the cap Mm. so now there's a lot of things that they have to worry about about um, you know what they're going to do in the off season, you know what I mean? Uh, whether whether uh, he will, you know, whether Rogers is going to stay. Uh, I know there's the uh, the um, conspiracy theory that um, that Rogers would go to Denver today. They just uh, the Broncos just hired the offensive coordinator of the Packers, and mm-hmm. so a lot of people think that maybe he'll go to Denver. Maybe uh, uh, Don. Um, uh, Devontae Adams is also a free agent, so a lot of yeah. people think that maybe he I heard that could there. be a package deal, right? Yeah, I heard that That'd rumor be crazy today. if that happens. And then even the Hollywood people uh, throwing their uh, their names in the, in the thing, I guess, is uh, Shaylee Woodley Rogers' uh, fiance is a, uh, I guess, she, I guess she's from Colorado or affiliated with Colorado or something like that. So, mm. um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, this is. Uh, the, the, this is certainly something the Packers didn't want to see. They obviously Aaron Rodgers had Super Bowl hopes, and um, yeah, I'm just, it just I really don't know what else to say. It wasn't much scoring, and uh, I'm trying to figure who had the the Niners touchdown, Frank. And maybe there wasn't a touchdown. I thought no, you know what happened? It was one of the craziest plays of the game. It was the blocked punt. Oh, I forgot about the blocked punt. And, yeah. uh, that that pretty much changed the game. The Packers probably win that game if they don't get the punt blocked. It was uh, yeah. seven seven three in the fourth quarter, and yeah. they block a block a punt <laughs> turn for a touchdown. Come, coming up from work, folks, and haven't hit the record button. Makes you sound like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But yes, the block punt I do remember now, and the Penguins just had an amazing rush there, Frank. <laughs> they was oh. had a chance to grab it there in the three on three. You're you're ahead of me, so try not to react. So I won't. I, I won't. <laughs> Uh, but, right uh, before that, uh, McCann had a breakaway that Jari stopped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually wasn't looking up at the time. Yeah, all they're doing now is all they're what, doing now what is Bronson loves is the keep away hockey. Oh, the breakaway fast and the keep away stuff. Like, this is just borderline. <laughs> like this is like pickup hockey at your your local rink right now. Like uh, like Mark Madden said the best. Like <laughs> this isn't hockey, but it's fun. I get it. Like yeah. he admits it's fun, but it's really after not sixty minutes of doing it that way. I think it's okay to do this. Not in the no, playoffs. I agree. They don't I, do it. I, in the I don't playoffs. hate it. I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. They don't do it. In the, playoffs. Kinda... the NHL needs uh, some popularity. Crack, uh, 
Don't you reacted? I'm so I can't help it. It's it's a talking emotion. So the penguins lose. Yeah, the Kraken win in overtime. They uh, they have, and the Jari has nothing to hang his head about. Got to yeah. get more than one Gina there, Frankie. And uh, and and uh, can't believe uh, they lose e- at home. They had eight in a row at home. Yeah, Erod Erod had many opportunities in the second period. He kept missing that. I mean, Seattle, like you said in the past segment, that you got to tip your cap to the opponent. Sometimes they played a good game. Oh yeah, no so, question. I'm trying, Penguin, I mean, Penguins Jari are going to gets... win every night. We get a point. Oh, you know what I do? You know what I do? Oh no, he got pushed in. I was going to say if you're if you're uh, if what, you're what uh, does it hurt to challenge? Yeah, to challenge up, but uh, he was pushed in by Rust. It looks like there no contact until yeah. it was already in. The stick hit him in the arm, but yeah. Well, the, the Penguins can hope for uh, a Ranger and Hurricane loss tonight at least. Pick up one Adam point. Larson, the the former Oilers slash Devil, he was a pick in the expansion jumper. But no, back to the. But yeah, you're right. It was the it was the block punt that did um, the Packers in. I mean, just whatever could go wrong did go wrong. That offense, Frank. There's no excuse. You can't only score ten points against that that Forty Nine. You know, I know the Forty Nine ers defense is, is 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 damn good, and and but this is what you pay Aaron Rodgers for big guy big guy in big game situations. And here it comes again. Aaron Rodgers can't get the job done at home against the Niners. I think. He's owned four, Frank, and I think what three of these games have been at Lambeau. I mean, come on. I mean, this is just unreal. And I'm sorry. I mean, for as much as a deal everyone made about Rodgers, I mean, he's he's a great one. He'll he'll probably definitely be he's definitely gonna be in there for MVP of the league this year. But uh it's funny, you should definitely go check PTI out today. Uh they were talking about the um uh uh, uh a certain uh Steeler uh, legend retired today and I'm sure we'll talk about later, but Wilbon was talking about comparing him to Rogers, and uh, he goes off about it. And I was like, "Get him, Wilbon, get him!" And uh, Will Wilby was on it, man. He was he was he was killing uh, the uh, the media that praises kneels at the at the altar of Aaron Rodgers, and uh, maybe Wilbon's a Bears fan too. So that you know, he's not exactly a, uh, <laughs> he's not exactly a bipartisan uh, viewer there though. But now Frank, thirteen uh, ten Niners win at Lambeau over the Packers. Where do the Niners go from here? Obviously, Garoppolo is going to play in the NFC title game, but obviously, we keep hearing that they're going to have to cut ties with Jimmy because they've uh, made obviously the investment in Trey Lance, and so obviously we mentioned Garoppolo as a possibility of the Steelers' next quarterback on the last show. So, but we'll save that conversation for another time, Frank, and um, take us to the Sunday games. Actually, if you, if you didn't mind, uh, I wanted to cover the Rams-Bucks game. No, take it away. I'll, I'll chime in, but go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to, because this was actually the game I watched all the way through the uh, Buffalo-Kansas City game. I basically, at the minute, only watched like the fourth quarter, which is which was the greatest quarter to watch. <laughs> um, but no, right. um, Raymond James Stadium, Frank, Tom Brady, uh, the, the GOAT, the legend, the great one against Matthew Stafford, a guy who I was uh, criticizing heavily towards the end of the season. He got things right last week. They, they, they uh, they they got the the W there when I uh, against the Cardinals when I counted them out, but I told you Frank and I've been saying for the last few shows I wish you just keep playing it back. When the Rams beat the when the Rams beat the Bucks at uh, SoFi Stadium, I said they would have to. Oh, that's cool. Jared McCann gave a stick to a penguin to a little kid. That was cool. Um, uh, the Rams would have to come back to uh, Ray, they would have to come to Raymond James Stadium if they had to hope to go to the Super Bowl and go through Brady and go through the Bucks and Frank. Here we are. I called it months ago, months and months ago, and uh, so I had said it, and so it shall come to pass. It happened last Sunday. 
Um, <clears throat> it started out, uh, and believe it or not, Frank, we thought uh, maybe this thing was over early as the Rams really got out in front, uh, Frankie. Um, Matthew Stafford was clicking on all on all counts. Uh, he actually had a rushing touchdown there in, in, the, in the beginning there. Um, but Frank, obviously, the story is the um, the emergence of Cooper Cup with 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 Matt Stafford as the quarterback. He had nine catches for 183 yards, and he actually did have a touchdown <clears throat> as I clear my throat. Although that touchdown would come late, but he Stafford had a rushing touchdown. He had two passing touchdowns. Um, Blanton was the other guy that had the other touchdown. Um, but uh, there, believe it or not, the Rams lost the turnover battle. Frank Cam. Uh, Cam Akers had a fumble. Cooper Cup himself had a fumble. But even with that in mind, Frank, it was at the end of the half. It was it was twenty to three, L.A. Rams. Brady had he had no he had no hope in sight at all at the beginning there. Uh, playoff Lenny Lenny Fournette he had two touchdowns. He had the one there at the end, but he was thirteen touches for fifty one yards. Um, Evans Evans had a touchdown, eight eight catches for one hundred nineteen yards and a touchdown. Gronk with four targets, 85 yards. Let, playoff Lenny, nine t- nine catches for 56 yards. Scotty Miller, Johnson, Brait, O.J. Howard, Gio, um, they all got involved in the in the, the score there. But Frank, it was tw- it was 20 to three at the half, and I think we both, I think we were texting during this game, and I was like, you know, it looked like it was kind of out of reach. But I think I even told you, I was like, there's too much time left. He's come back from worse than this, obviously the Super Bowl. I just never in my mind thought that, that Brady and the Bucks are out of this game. And they march to come back. The Rams do get a, a touchdown in the third quarter. They only muster a few uh, – well, obviously. They they get outscored 10-7 to 7 in the third quarter. And then, Frank, the rush comes back. Uh, Brady gets gets the guys going. A key, and also a key turnover by uh, the, the Rams. The ball goes over Stafford's head. When they have a chance to, you know, get things clean it out, and and then, then the Bucks get the ball, and um, and that's when Brady, uh, that was that what, was a fourth down. It was like around like the fifteen yard line going in the red zone. It was like fourth and one. They had to make it to stay alive, and it was was that was a handoff uh, off tackle right by Leonard Fournette, runs it in the touchdown, and that puts the Bucks up, and uh, it, it puts the it puts the Bucks up, or no, no, they tied it. That's right, we're going to overtime. It was twenty seven, twenty seven. Thank you. My mind is clearly shot tonight, Frank. I think I'm still depressed with this Penguins game. Um, so it's 27-27. looks like finally the GOAT ties it. Frankie, we were texting. I said, I told you they weren't out of it. Although I I, I, I was, I had faith in Brady. You know, all, you know, it was looking good. 27-27, we get into overtime, and then we just were, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're chomping at the bit of a great overtime football between these two NFC powerhouses. But then, Frank, the Buccaneers just completely forget to play defense. And I don't know what they were thinking. They, I, I, Bruce Arian said they tried to do an all-out blitz. The couple of the two middle inside backers, Frank, I guess were supposed to shoot off on that blitz, and they just didn't. But um, they let Cooper Cup go right by them, you know. And I think, I think Winfield was out there playing center field. But just uh, Cooper Cup blows by the entire defense, and, and Stafford under duress, under quick duress, chucks the ball up and just hoping someone's under it. Luckily, it's his boy. The boy it's been all year for him, Cooper Cup, because under the ball. Catches it, runs into the end zone, uh, gets the touchdown. Brady and the boys don't get a chance to respond. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose to the Rams. That's right. Again, me being tired and late. They didn't get the touchdown. He was brought down. And remember Stafford? Was running down the field and he's like, clock it, clock it, he's yeah. down, he's running down. As as was I screaming at the TV. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and they don't have any time now. At this point, neither team has timeouts. Yeah. Although although it sounds like I'm under the influence, and my recollection of these games have been far off. I do remember, you know, they were down, they were grinding on the field. They had no timeouts, and the entire time I'm screaming at the thing. I know you're yelling. I'm actually was doing the opposite. I'm like, dude, relax. You have all this time. Like, just relax. Like, don't do something stupid to get like a you know, uh, you know. <clears throat> Legal legal shift or something where they have to run ten seconds off. Well, or something like that. cowboy fans were mad because the umpire was booking it on this one and got it set. <laughs> <Yeah. quick. laughs> so, which I noticed also. <laughs> yeah, so Stafford's running. That's right. I don't know why I thought it was a touchdown. It was because because the only one by three. So Stafford's running. It's a clock it, clock it, clock it. And so they finally get a clock it. And, you know, and it's just enough time for uh, for um, the kicker to go out there. And I mean, it's basically at that point, it's a chip shot. They run it through and. The time runs out, Frank, and it was a 30-27 win for the L.A. Rams. Uh, my Forgive my mumble-jumble of the uh, the highlights, but I just was I, was I was so excited about to cover the game, Frank. Cooper Cup in an amazing game. Stafford beats the GOAT, Frank, all right? I'm done calling Stafford out every week. He beats the GOAT at the GOAT's home in Tampa. Cooper Cup gets involved. They lose the turnover, but they turn the ball over, what, two or three times, three times, Frank? They turned the ball over three times, and they still beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think Frank, if you knew my, if you watch my opinion, I feel like this is probably a game where Brady missed Chris Godwin, and sad, sadly, they probably missed a guy like Antonio Brown. Um, it's clearly obvious that you know they were uh, the Rams won the fire. But oh, don't 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 also forget Odell Beckham Jr. had a couple uh, pretty uh, the one uh, clutch catch there too. So on that drive, so OBJ was. Uh, yeah, you know, being the uh, the spare part there for the for the Rams who are collecting football cards there, they he gets on the board there. So, uh, no, Frankie, um, a, a big a, I was wrong. You picked the, the Rams, I think, because you were you were sticking true to your Super Bowl pick. Um, I told you I wasn't picking against the Bucks all year after last year, picking every week and losing. So, um, uh, Brady does me in this week, and the Rams pull it out, and they will uh, they will host the San Francisco 49ers at SoFi Stadium. Um, obviously the Sunday, both games will be Sunday. Um, I assume that would be the late game. Uh, I would, I would assume. Yeah, that's how they put it up. Yeah. Three. Yeah. I would assume Kansas city, uh, Kansas city and, uh, and, uh, tennis or uh, Cincinnati would be the early game. So, Um, yeah. yeah, So, so it's round three of the Niners and Rams, Frank, and uh, the Mm -hmm. Niners have had the Rams number all year. So a lot of people may be picking San Fran and that we'll go into the next segment, but just your thoughts on this. I know, you were you and I were pretty fired up about watching this game. Um, this was an early game too, so it was it was an early uh, Sunday game there. So we had a chance to to take it in. You know, it was look look good down there. They had, uh, um, I want to say, didn't uh, didn't the Rams didn't they the did the Rams wear the blue? Yeah, the Rams wore the blue. They had the Rams yeah, the yeah, good uniform matchup. The the Bucks have been going white at home and. Uh... Yeah. The, the the Rams have that blue and they they have the gold pants now, so they weren't they weren't wearing those. Uh, a lot of people call them the dishwater colored uh, pants they have, <laughs> and kind of like a, a bone. The actual color is called bone, which is weird, um, but it's kind of yeah. their traditional look, blue and yellow, which they'll probably pull out Sunday at home. Um, if they advance to the Super Bowl, the AFC has the home jersey, so we might have to see those ugly bone colored Ram oh, wow. jerseys, but. Uh, no, this one was awesome, Bronson. It was it was one I watched start to finish too, because you know I'm rooting against Brady. I'm tired of him, and 
Not, so, you, uh, so not only did you pick the Rams, you were just licking your chops because, right. you know, Brady's going to get him. You're finally going to get his due. And Brady's a guy that has grown on me. I don't hate him as much as I used to. I realized my hatred was more of just the Patriots and Belichick. It, but uh, not to ahead. cut you off. You know, since it sounds like I didn't know, I didn't know my my, my ass from the hole in the ground covering uh, recapping the games and not doing a good job of it. Uh, I know a moment in the game that Frank had to been uh, chomping at the bit was, uh, 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 I believe who it was is uh, was it Donald or no Von Miller uh, took a little shot on Tom Brady. He gets hit, he gets bloodied up, and then yeah. Brady runs to the referee to complain uh, about not getting the penalty, and then the ref and he the gets flag Brady. Yeah, hockey yep. throws the flag on Brady, gives him 15 yards. So I instantly thought, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, Frank had been loving that. And NBC, they three or four times showed a slow mo of Brady walking with his lip bloody. You know, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. look, they, they, they bloodied the goat. Like, this is uh, the Rams. I was thinking you the entire time because I know how much you like to see Brady get his. Oh, I, I was like, yeah. you could have been loving that. Well, a lot of my the people, like, um, in my family hate Brady. So we were all texting each other. Um, when when that uh, like I took a screenshot of that uh, <laughs> the the bloody lip, but uh, no, this game was 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 great, and it started out I was just you know doing uh, doing a dance because it was twenty to three at the half, and um, no, I never I never thought the, the 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 Bucks were against the ropes. I with if you have twelve, I I th- there was too much time that wasn't too big of a lead. And I, yeah, I know. I, I thought, uh, you know, every they started mentioning it, and everybody thought of the Super Bowl against the Falcons. That was, you know, similar. You know, can't you can't just they couldn't put them away. They couldn't get that final blow to go up. You know, like twenty eight three, and it, the turnovers were key. Um, you know, the drive that Cooper Cup fumbled. Um, you know, yeah. late late in the third, up by three scores still. Um, all they need there is, you know, five or six minute drive and even punt or, you know, get a field goal. But like first play of the drive, they so they don't even chew up any clock. Uh, first play of the drive is a fumble by by cop. Uh, Buccaneers cash in, um, you know, make it make them pay. And, uh, you know, Rams do put together a drive and kill a lot of time. But then they have the acres fumble and yeah. uh, all they needed was a, a first down and they could probably kneel it out. Um, but Acres fumbles, and then the big fourth and one. You know, you already mentioned it—the touchdown by Fournette. Um, you know, on fourth and one, they're just trying to get a first down, and uh, he walks all the way in. But they kind of did that thing that you always kind of talk about sometimes: score too fast, because yeah. uh, you kind of want to get the first down there and and maybe fall down. But you know, when you have the the end zone in front of you and you have to tie it, you have to tie it. But um, they they left Stafford 42 seconds, and you mentioned a couple passes to Cup, and uh, you know the big bomb. And I was laughing because a lot of the Rams' offensive linemen on the Cup play were you know ch- jumping up and down and celebrating when they they got to get their their fat behind <laughs> 50 yards down the field. Those are the guys that they're waiting on, and, and Stafford saying clock it, clock it. It's the big boys that have to get down the field, them, get them down the line. <laughs> um, but. Uh, no, it was one of those games that you just, you, you, I just thought the the, the Bucks are going to win this. It's, it's the the way it's just playing out now is they're going to blow this lead and and they're going to win it. And then to kind of see it go the other way, like it's just leaning Bucks, leaning Bucks, leaning Bucks. Yeah, I'd love to see the win probability chart that they do. It's probably like a peak of all Rams, and <laughs> and then as soon as they tie, it probably went all the way down to Bucks, and then right back up to Rams again. Just so back and forth, and then 
there's there's two quick plays to both the cup to get into field goal range and yeah. then you're kind of it was kind of just like a stunned silence like did that really just happen and the, and the, the rams really just win it because it felt like all the momentum was with the bucks and it was just shocking to see it right away like change and you know the the fans kind of look shell-shocked and i was a little bit stunned but happy that the rams won and uh yeah. the Ra- the rams probably did that old, old I, I what was it bob prince the pirates announcer we had him the whole time we had him all the way like <laughs> the rams oh yeah we had him all the way but they they escape and uh we will have a new super bowl champion so it's yeah uh yeah it's exciting and all the rams, four, it, it, so rams i'm trying to think yeah we'll have we'll have uh, a new super bowl champion obviously one of the participants won it a couple years ago but we're gonna have other than that team we're gonna have some fresh faces so yeah so that, that's a good thing. No, one thing, one, one quick thing to kind of uh, put a bow on the Tampa Bay um, Rams recap. Then, you know, I've been kind of doing my what happens after, you know, what happens to the team after they're eliminated. So now Bucks are out, Frank. Um, Tom Brady going to take some time. I'm going to talk to his family, decide if he's going to come back another year. Um, I think he'll come back. I, 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 I don't think, you know, last year he says he wants to play a couple more years and then now he's thinking about hanging it up. I think it's just an every year thing. He's going to talk to his family, but I think. Ultimately, he's going to come back. Byron Leftwich, Frank, the, the, you know, nothing's been confirmed yet as of this recording, but the rumors are pointing to the fact that he may be the leading candidate to be the Jaguars head coach. Although I did hear today that he may not be, he may not be as interested if the current GM is still in place. So um, that was an insider that someone talked uh, that I had heard about. So I would love for Leftwich to go to Jacksonville just to prove my 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 prediction a few months ago correct. Um, and obviously, you know, that's the team that drafted him and whatnot, but, um, obviously the coaching carousel is intense and obviously we'll, we'll cover that in the next show, but, um, but that's where Byron left, which could possibly, you know, I think he's going to go somewhere, Frank and be a head coach. Um, and, but Bruce Arians already said if left, which leaves that he likely would call the plays next year, uh, that him being Arians. So it makes you think about, you know, will Brady be all cool? I mean, Brady probably gets a call whatever he wants anyway, so he's probably not too bent out of shape about that. But, um. But no, where the Bucks go from here, it's not exactly like they are going to bring everyone back too. Frank, I think they have some key free agents as well. So um, Brady's going to have to really uh, reevaluate what's going to happen here and how they can get the the Bucks to retool and uh, have another run next year should Brady return. Um, that was my that was my end of the covering that game, Frank. Uh, uh, I I am not worthy of covering which, which some consider to be the best playoff game they've ever watched. So I am I am taking that burden, that pressure and then loading <laughs> it on your wagon okay. and having you take us home with the AFC uh, divisional round and Kansas City and Arrowhead, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills go to Arrowhead where they won early in the season, Frank, to take on uh, the Ch- Chiefs kingdom there, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes uh, and Arrowhead, Frank. So go ahead and recap us through what some are considering the best playoff game they've ever seen. And it didn't, and it didn't end with, it didn't end with a little bit of controversy. Frank, take it right. away. Well, this kind of, uh, to use kind of a wrestling uh, analogy for you, uh, is the main event, and it uh, so oh, yeah. happened, and it so happened to be that it was uh, the final game of the the you know, of the weekend of the divisional round, and uh, everybody knew it would be the best matchup, even though the first three came down to, you know, last second kicks, and you know that's something to mention. The first three games uh, was the first time they said, you know, in the modern era, that. Uh, Every game ended with the road team winning on a buzzer-beating field goal, and uh, 
I kind of even forgot to mention that's how the Titan, uh, the Bengals won. That game was actually 16 16. And uh, the rookie, Evan McPherson, called his shot and said, We're going to the AC Championship game. <laughs> and then ran out onto the field knowing he'd make it. Um, so, yeah, that kid's got some swagger, the rookie kicker. And uh, yeah, and then, of course, Robbie Gold in the snow. Um, and uh, and the then, legend. Yeah, and then and then the Rams, Matt Gay doing it. He's a former Buck. So going into yeah. his beating his old team. So the road team as time expired with a field goal. And I was kind of hoping, I was hoping that would happen for the bills too, um, which would be four for four with road teams kicking the game winner. But uh, no, this game Bronson was everything that it was, was, was uh, billed to be um, back and forth gunslinger quarterbacks, just trading blows um, offenses, marching down the field, um, you know, all, all, all kinds of offense, just, you know, Allen and Mahomes just proving that they're kind of the face of this league right now, the young quarterback movement. Um, and Buffalo just trying to get that monkey off their back and they get over, you know, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And you know, I, I, I kind of kind of thought the Bills had it. Uh, you know, most of the game, they were kind of right there leading, you know, taking the lead. Um, they looked like they were a confident group. Um, they just needed to get, you know, key stops at key key times or a turnover. And, you know, Bronson, you said you came in late in the fourth quarter and you pretty much saw all you needed to see because there yeah. was uh, an, like there was an NFL record, uh, a 25 points scored in the final two minutes, yeah. um, which is just out- outrageous. Um, you know, I believe the, you know, the, the Bills took the lead with a minute 52 left. Um, Chiefs get it right back couple plays the the huge Tyree kill touchdown and he just took off he's got to be the fastest player in the league I mean just turned on the the burners cheetah um they they retake the lead on in two plays in like 20 seconds Bills get it back and Allen leads them down the field in a couple plays and Gabriel Davis number 13 is becoming like the darling four touchdown catches in the game. It wasn't Stefan Diggs, of course. Everybody was he was getting all the attention, the double coverage all game. Um, Tyron Matthew left left with an injury, so that opened up the secondary, and the Bills just gutted them. Um, they had no coverage in the middle of the field deep, and that's all that uh, you know. Allen picked them apart over the middle deep. Um, so it came down to. The Chiefs leading with about a minute left. Bills had the ball. Um, and with 13 seconds left uh, on fourth down and lo- I think fourth and 15. So I was pretty much, oh, this is over. They ain't going to get this. Uh, defender <laughs> falls down and Gabriel Davis is wide open in the end zone. Um, Bills take the lead and I'm celebrating. I'm saying the, the Chiefs are done. You know, Brady's done. The Chiefs are done. We're going to get in two new Super Bowl teams. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at the clock, 13 seconds, no, um, and, and I, yeah, no timeouts for the Chiefs. No, they had three. Yeah. So the Chiefs yeah. had, the Chiefs had timeouts, which was like, okay, they might have a chance. It was a three point game. Um, and I just have to get in. This is the part of the, the that I really want to rant on before I turn it over to your thoughts. That's fine. Um, 13 seconds left. And, you know, not just me have this opinion all the time. The number shows. one defense, by the way, the, the bills have the number one defense right. in the NFL. All the talk shows were talking about this this week, local ones, um, national shows. Um, 
I really am upset at Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, for t- two reasons. Uh, first thing, you what you do is you don't kick it into the end zone. And if you kind of squib kick it or pooch kick it, make them field it at like the five, the ten, and kickers can do this. They, they know how to kick the ball to not go into the end zone. Um, if they have to field it at the five or ten, um, at least – four or five seconds are coming off. And there's that whole thing where you're allowed to give yourself up now, but are yeah. you really going to, are you really going to give yourself up at the 10 and make yourselves go 90 yards? So it's a win-win. If you, if it's fielded at the 10 and, and the up man gives himself up right away, there's about maybe nine or 10 seconds left, maybe yeah. 11, maybe 11 seconds left for Mahomes to go 90 yards or at least like 70 yards to get a field goal. So he should have kicked it in in play and made a return take place because time ticking off is your friend. Second thing, okay, after that, you cannot play just this prevent defense that's going to allow two 30-yard passes to get in the <laughs> field goal range. You have the best defense in the league. Play your normal defense. Now, don't go all-out blitz where you have nobody coming back. But, you know, rush four. And kind of let your linebackers hang out. But, like, you can't, and especially Kelsey and Hill, like, do what you can to get in their face. How about chucking the, you know, get, get physical on the line of scrimmage and knock them off, the, off their routes. Um, just mind-boggling how they allow, like, a 25-yard play right away, timeout. And then after that, another 30-yard pass, both to Kelsey, timeout. And they're in Butker's range. 13 seconds, two plays. You did go get, off about this in our text. You were going off about this. I mean, just unbelievable. Happening. Like, yeah. and I, I don't even think I thought about the, the touchback thing at first, but when I thought about that, it was like, you gotta be kidding me to touch, to kick a touchback. Like you, if you kick a, a non touchback, you're probably only giving Mahomes one play and yeah. they gotta, they gotta try some type of lateral thing or like, it's just beyond belief. And I've never seen a team that good go that far in the playoffs, fire a coach. But like, I almost think that's fireable for McDermott. And I know he's turned around the pills and changed the culture there, but like, how can a millionaire highly paid coach that's supposed to be a genius get outsmarted by millions of armchair couch fans like us, like idiot, you know, know nothings that like, just can say, Every, everybody's got to know. You just don't kick a touchback. Well, we certainly there. shouldn't like, start at Sean McDermott, Frank. There's a lot of other guys <laughs> we could question this year, too. I mean, and then, yeah, the prevent defense. you got to just play some type of normal defense. Um, just crazy to allow that in 13 yeah, Fra- seconds. Frank's referencing the, 40, the, the 44 yards in 13 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so then overtime, Bronson, and this is the third debate. Um, <laughs> yes. The is, debate is, America's is, been talking about. Are the are the overtime rules bad for the NFL? And you know it's great that they took away that a field goal could beat you, because um, you know with Justin Tucker two plays and you're in his range. All these kickers are good like that nowadays. Um, so the Chiefs win the toss, and you know right then at that point my my stomach sank because I'm pretty much new. The way things were going, both offenses were just coming down, marching down and scoring um, real quick. Three. Three, four plays, touchdown to Kelsey, kind of a Ben to Holmes looking play almost, kind of the same corner of the end zone kind of thing. Um, really, really good, like back shoulder throw by Mahomes. Chiefs win it, but the Bills don't touch the ball. And that's the debate. You know, oh, Allen deserves a chance to counter. Um, theories out there. 
college rules um, give each team the ball at the 25 and you kind of got to match what the other team does. You know, you could end up going all night doing that. Um, you know, unless you force the team to go for two after three overtimes or something. Um, do you just play it? My personal thing is play a fifth quarter and let it play out and see what happens. Um, if they're still tied after that, um, you go to a second overtime where you adopt the coin toss. The first team to score a touchdown wins. Um, maybe just play a full quarter. I know player safety is a thing, but it's the playoffs. If you gotta, if you gotta do it, you gotta do it. Remember, like in the '80s, the Kellen Winslow Senior Chargers and 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 Dolphins epic two overtime game where they had to carry Kellen Winslow Senior off because he was so exhausted in the Miami humidity. But um, that can happen. It's not, it's going to be rare. But if you have to go a five-hour game into a second overtime, so be it. These guys are highly compensated. Um, if it has to happen, it has to happen. It's not going to be all this. It's going to be a rare event that you see this. It's pretty rare that you see overtime in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, kind of a shame that the Bills don't get a chance and have to lose on a coin toss. But again, you have that number one defense and you had a chance to to make a play, uh, force a turnover or get a stop and you couldn't do it. Um, so the Chiefs, the Chiefs do win at Bronson, but that's the big the big topics are the the 13 seconds letting them come down and tie yeah. it and then the overtime rule so Bronson, i mean you tell me what you think i mean allen and allen and mahomes what a show they put on and uh just high drama and uh nance and romo and just the the spectacle that, th- that this was and how, how fun it was to watch like i can't i can't you were probably on the edge of your seat as well oh yeah it's it's very rare that a game lives up to its um, it lives up to its, you know, build up that lives up to the hype, and sometimes even surpassing. And that's definitely what this game was. It's just like you know, it's like it's one of those games. It's that you know, like that cliched: whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. And like you said, the the, the big explosion happened to the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, no, Frank, I. I, I I'm very conflicted as it deals with the overtime rule, but I'm sorry. I'm kind of, kind of piggybacking on your rant there, Frankie. I think, I feel like you kind of have to, you kind of, and it's been our theme the last couple weeks, handling your business. You got to handle your business on defense. And like you said, you called off Sean McDermott and I, I, I certainly don't uh, blame you for doing so. And, and, uh, and, you know, I probably would do so myself, but you're the number one defense in the NFL, Frank, you got to make a stop. That game should never have gone to overtime. The game should never have gone to overtime. You got to make a stop. If you're if you're one of the best teams on, in the planet in, in the NFL, you got to make a stop. I know it's Patrick Mahomes. I know it's Jake. You know, I know it's it's Travis Kelsey. I know it's Tyreek Hill. But you know, if, if you know if I'm playing defense, you're right. I'm not playing prevent. You know, sometimes you do have to take a risk. And and but and I don't think they would have you know just took a shot straight from the end zone. They got to tie the game. You know, so much you know low you know time. And, and again, like you said, there was they had timeouts too. So maybe they could you know. You know, Mahomes could have been precise in his execution, but, but I'm sorry. You got you got to handle your bit. You, the game's there for you to, to to make a stop, to get a win right there. And then you, at, both teams, Frank, know the rules before the game's played. You know, you know what you're expecting. You know the rules. And yes, they went to a coin toss, which, um, ironically, you know, they said, you know, and Josh Allen gets to make make the choice. So, but but no, I think someone else. Um, I think Adam Crowley might have said this on on Madden this week. You know, he he kind of said what you just said, just play another quarter or whatever. And then he said another idea is if you're going to do the the, the coin toss, um, 
do it like they do in basketball. You're like you know, you do, you do like the, the toss up, you know, the the lay, the, the, the the tip off, and then you do the possession arrow. So like, whoever wins the coin toss in the beginning of the game wins that also in overtime. So you already know if it goes to overtime, who's getting the ball first. So maybe in a situation like that, a team wouldn't go for a tie; they would go for a win. You know, things like that. You know, kind of it's called that. You know, the possession arrow kind of role there in the NFL. I kind of like that. It's kind of it's kind of neat. You know. You already know what's you know if he goes overtime he's getting the ball but but no Frank I mean it's it's certainly a shame that that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to have the ball and a chance to tie it and keep in mind too Frank a lot of people and it was said already on national media remember the Chiefs got got on this by the Patriots when remember they went to they went to Arrowhead and Brady beat Mahomes remember Mahomes didn't get a chance to touch the ball that year that was either the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl remember that was Mahomes first year as a starter. He didn't get a chance to touch the ball either. And 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 Nick Wright said he's the, the Chiefs super fan that's on uh, First Things First on FS1. He said, hey, we tried to change that rule a couple years ago. We were the ones that we were the victim of, and we tried to change it. So I don't feel bad for for the Bills. You know, you know, it happened to us, and now it happened to you, and I don't feel bad for you. So, and, and uh, I'm sorry, but I don't feel bad either, Frank. You know the rule's going in. You got to handle your business, and I, 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 get, I get it. You know, stopping that, that powerful offense is certainly easier said than done, but – if you want to be a Super Bowl champion, you got you got to be able to make the key stops, and and uh, and I know nobody wants to hear that, but but um, I mean, I'd be open for the overtime rule to change too, Frank. I mean, uh, maybe a more hybrid version of the college rule, you know. Um, I, I I don't know, you know, just uh, would it uh, Madden would say maybe just for the playoffs have it that kind of rule. Regular season still have them, and you know Crowley also came back and said, "Well, week week is the week that you know those the playoffs depend on those weeks, so you know that's kind of not fair there, which is which is true, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, it's crazy to watch. I can't imagine being a, a diehard fan base of either team. Um, you know, me and you were just watching as sports fans, you know, taking that in. So, but no, Frank, I mean, it was a fantastic game, and. I'm sure a game that we're going to be seeing for years to come on, you know, they're not doing it. They're getting ready to be ESPN classic. So I would say NFL network and they have the classic games. I'm sure it's going to be a game. We're going to be watching for years on that network. And so, and a game we'll be referencing for years. So fantastic game. A lot of people jokingly said, this is probably the super bowl. Like this, this is the entertainment of the super bowl. You know, who knows what we'll have in the super bowl. So, uh, no, Frank, it was a, a tremendous, uh, as Eddie Olchick would say, tremendously tremendous, um, it was a great game, and uh, if you missed that game, shame on you for six weeks. I do admit, I did not have it on the big screen. I bought a uh, wrestling pay per view, a, a indie wrestling pay per view event, but I did have the double screen. I had it on my uh, iPad, so I was watching the Kansas City Buffalo game on the iPad while the wrestling event was going on. So I did not miss obviously any of the big events, but I was kind of checking back and forth. Um, even though I jumped in the fourth quarter, Frank, I was off and on watching for second and third quarter, just here and there and nothing. But fourth quarter, I made the uh, the emotional investment to stay stay with that game, and I'm glad it did because I was that was uh, I think I would have you know would would have been moping in my own you know tears you know missing that thing. So, but no, Frank, um, tremendous. Like I said, Frank and I can, can I think we both would be the first to tell you that we didn't do that nearly justice that entire weekend because. If you didn't get a chance to watch any of those games, you know, you know, if you're a person who listens to us, just to, you know, your casual fan of sports, go watch that Kansas City Buffalo game. Go watch other games too; they were all very fun uh, to watch and go down to the end. But Frank, I'll take over as we we now come upon the the championship uh, 
um, the championship games will be this Sunday. We've kind of already kind of previewed it. So I assume if I'm going to take a guess here, I was like taking the guess and you tell me if I'm right because you probably have it in front of you. Uh, Cincy at KC is probably going to be a three o'clock start with Nance and Romo on the game. I would assume that's what we're going to have there. And then what, six or six thirty game? We're going to have San Francisco LA Rams. Buck and Aikman's going to have the call on that. And obviously for the battle for the uh, uh, the Lamar Hunt Trophy and. I always forget what they – was it the George Hallis Trophy? Is that what they call the NFC title? I think so, yeah. yeah the George Hallis Trophy, yeah. So the, obviously the battle for the Lamar Hunt and George Hallis Trophy. Uh, this will be the third year that Kansas City could possibly win the, uh, the Lamar Hunt Trophy named after their late owner, Lamar Hunt. So, um, And San Francisco and L.A. Rams, Frank. Uh, the Niners did it to the Rams. They've had, they've had their number all year, but it's the third time the charm for the Rams, and they are home, hosting it. And what's funny, Frank, if the Rams do beat the Niners, they will not have to travel for the Super Bowl. They will just have to stay hunkered right, and right where they're be, at. After never happening, it may happen two straight back years. Back to back, yeah. And this is, I think this one's probably, Frank, in my opinion, a little more impressive than last year because of the fact that they played, a lot of that season last year was played with no fans, including the playoffs were played with limited fans. Whereas now... Uh, most of the games this year will play with full capacity fans. So I would be I would be inclined to say that if the Rams do get by the Niners, this would be the more better feat of playing in your home stadium in the Super Bowl than Tampa's was last year. But we will preview the game, Frank. I'm actually I'm gonna take this to you. You probably have the lines and stuff, and I'd love hearing those. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna tip this to you, Frank, and then you preview it and um do your picks and I'll do my picks. And there we go. Yeah, and speaking of picks, just to tie a bow on the last round, Bronson and I. Oh yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't skip over this. So go ahead, Fred. Couple clunkers. Uh, it, Bronson went zero and four, and I went one and three. And the only reason I went one and three is I stuck with my Rams. Um, and darn it, my my pick of Rams Bills. Um, you know, darn it, the Bills could have held on. I could still be alive, Bronson, for my preseason pick of Rams Bills. Oh, but this darn. McDermott's uh, idiotic moves late in the game cost me that having having the uh, but yeah we are we are no, hold on Frank we gotta take a time to reflect on Bronson's uh, I, I know what's coming in the place you ready you ready cue it <laughs> yeah we, we have not had a good record with our picks so folks even the even the NLN sports host sportscast host no I did good la- I did good last week I did good the week before I only lost uh. I lost the the Green Bay game and I lost uh, the uh, I think it was the Rams game. I, I went everything else the rest of the way. So you went four and two in the first week. Okay. Yeah, but I went over four this round. So yeah, but no, yeah. The, the, to to preview the final round, the championship round, um, I do have yeah. The the Chiefs are a seven point favorite, which that starts out uh, a little higher than I would have it. That's a pretty big spread. Um, so, you know, maybe if you're a betting person, take the Bengals and the points. Um, but uh, the reason I think the, the line is so high is now that you got past Buffalo, um, the Chiefs have to be feeling pretty good that, uh, you know, the, they, they don't have to go on the road to Tennessee, which they thought they may have to. Um, they get to host the AFC championship game for the fourth straight year, which is, is I think, a record. Um, I don't even think Belichick and Brady's Pats hosted it four straight years. Um, Andy Reid ironically becomes the only coach to ever coach tw- uh, two franchises in four straight title games. I mean, the Eagles from 01 to 04, and now the Chiefs from 18 to 21. Um, 
so yeah, they they will be the they will have the home, home field advantage, which is big. You know, the Arrowhead crazy fans, loud. It was loud last weekend. It's going to be loud. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, all the young Bengals. Um, they got a taste of road playoff action against the Titans, so that helps. But uh, are they going to be a little bit, uh, you know, nervous and um, affected by the crowd noise here? That probably leads to the seven-point uh, Kansas City uh, spread um, over under at fifty-four and a half. So the odds makers have this one at around thirty to twenty-three, uh, thirty-one twenty-four is kind of how they see this one going. Um, Bronson, I have to pick the Chiefs. I mean, I'm not going out on a limb. I think that uh, the 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 cart turns to to a pumpkin at midnight for the Bengals. Um, overachieved all year, of course. Nobody picked them to win the North. Nobody picked them to probably win the wild card game. Nobody picked them to win the the divisional game. So they go way deeper than anybody had imagined, and they can even with a loss can probably call it a great year. And that they were ahead of schedule. They're, you know, they're they're ahead of their time. And the Burrow Chase Mixon era is alive and well. And Zach Taylor. And this is going to be a force for a time, for years to come. But maybe it's not time yet. Maybe this is the uh, the 07, 08 Pittsburgh Penguins kind of thing. Like it's not quite yet. Um, but you, but they're on the cusp. And um, you know, I could be wrong. The Bengals could go in there and shock the world and beat the Chiefs on the road. Maybe the Chiefs have a letdown after pouring it all out against Buffalo, and the Bengals come in loose and you know carefree and you know no pressure. Nobody's given us a chance, kind of thing. Um, the Heinz Ward kind of sentiment. Nobody ever gave us a chance, but um, I expect a good game. I expect a, a, another game like last week's where both offenses might trade blows because, you know, Burrow and Chase, that connection and all this, you know, the the weapons he has with the Bengals, Boyd and Uzoma and, um, yeah, you know, Mixon uh, running it and, and catching it. Um, you know, the Bengals offensive line, the Bengals defense can be areas that they get weak and, um you know, having to having to match Mahomes score for score, I don't know if the Bengals can get enough stops. Um, but I'm hoping for a good game, and I'm I'm actually going to say this, Bronson, and it's tough to say, but I am rooting for the Bengals. Um, this is not Vontez Burfick's Bengals. This is not Pac-Man Jones' Bengals. This is not Marvin Lewis's Bengals. Um, I know they're a division rival, and it's kind of blasphemous to say, but. I wouldn't hate seeing the Bengals win this game. I, I said it before. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of any kind of dynasty in in sports. I I want to see new blood, and Mahomes and company have, are trying to get to their third straight Super Bowl. Um, I kind of want to see more parity than that, um, and I and I'd like to see the Bengals win. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my pick be the Chiefs, but I'll be rooting for the Bengals. I'll be playing as the Bengals in Madden. Uh, when I when I preview these games here this weekend, I'll be using the Bengals trying trying to win, um, but I'm I'm hoping for a good one. So yeah, I'll let you jump in on this game here uh, with yeah. your thoughts. 
Yeah, and you, you mentioned pretty much everything. I think one thing you failed to mention is that, remember, Cincinnati went into Kansas City this regular season and won a game in Kansas City. So it's not something no, they haven't done. No, it was in Cincy. That was game it? was in Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was in Kansas City. It was like week 17, and it really, that, that game, uh, the Steelers were hoping the Bengals would lose, remember, but the Chiefs lost it, it late. Yeah. yeah, it was in Cincy. Okay, I'm looking at it. it wasn't so, Cincy. yeah, that's another, That's it's tough to beat the Chiefs twice. That's, a, that's Yeah, and that's why I'm going with Kansas City, because right. I, I don't think you could beat them twice in one year. Um, I'm kind of with you. I'm picking Kansas City, but hoping that, that hoping that uh, Cincinnati wins the game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I don't know if I could pick three times in a row against Kansas City or two, two, two times in a row there. Just don't think I have it in me. I'm not going to this time. And like you said, now I thought that was an arrowhead, but either way, beating the Chiefs twice is gonna be because my whole thing was gonna be like, well, they beat they beat Kansas City in arrowhead, so they have it, so they know what it's like to beat win the games there, but. Um, I did. And I, it was always going to end with me saying that there is a. It'd be hard to beat them twice in a year, and that'd be something monumental. And I don't think it happens. Burrow and the Bengals, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, um, T. Higgins, you know, Boyd, Mixon, all those guys, tremendous weapons. But uh, they're not ready for prime time yet, Frank. I got the I got the the Chiefs on that one. So then the final game of the weekend um, of Sunday is, the, like you said, the 630 Fox game, and it's the Niners-Rams, and this is the third matchup. And you said Niners beat them both times this year, and they've had their number. Um, so, yeah, that's that whole debate of, man, can you beat a team three times in a year? That's a rare feat. So that kind of gives the Rams, I think, kind of the you know the, the edge on the odds. You know, the odds are they're going to find a way to, to win one of those. And uh, it isn't so far, so the Rams will be home. They kind of – you know, luck into a home uh, uh, NFC championship game because they are the three seed. Um, they took care of business and took out the two seeded Bucks, um, but probably had to expect. You know, if we get by Brady, um, we're gonna have to play uh, in the cold weather on the road against Rogers and the Packers for the to, for the NFC title game. But they kind of the Rams take care of that. So uh, the Niners take care of that. That's right. The the Niners took care of that, and the the, they, the Rams kind of as the three the, the three seed luck luck into a home game in the NFC Championship game. So uh, yeah, they are a three and a half point favorite uh, with the over under of forty six. So that the odds makers have this game looking like a twenty twenty four twenty was a twenty seven twenty four something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm, my math is hurting me tonight. Twenty. 25 22 something like that kind of kind of a score um in favor of the rams is kind of what they're predicting um i am picking the rams in this bronson they're the one team i can stick with in my preseason pick you're gonna have to go back to the archives and see if i did pick the rams to beat the bills i think i picked the bills to win it all um my my pick was rams my picks was rams bills with i think the bills winning it so I don't think I can have my champion be correct, but um, it's kind of like the NCAA bracket. Well, my champion's still alive uh, <laughs> after after you lose a bunch of games. But uh, no, the Rams are loaded with all those stars, like I've talked about, Bronson. They are kind of the team. yeah, yeah. The Rams. You you, you had uh, no, I don't have anything. We just had the Super Bowl. We didn't have who would win that game. Huh. I'm sure so we said got, it. So you get you get uh, you get a bailout. We didn't. <laughs> Neither one of us picked an actual champion. We picked our so. Super Bowl, but didn't pick a champion. That's funny. I can't yeah, believe so we you, didn't do that. You got bailed out. You did not pick a winner. So, 
I have the Rams beating the Niners just based on the fact that, yeah, third time's a charm. It's at home. They have Von Miller and OBJ. I don't think they had them for the you know the first two matchups or at least one of them. No, they, um, they didn't have them for the first matchup because that yeah. that San Fran San Fran LA game was like that was a sixteen a week sixteen or seventeen okay. game. Yeah. Um, so the Rams are healthy. Um, they have they didn't expect to get Cam Akers back and he's back. Um, now Von Miller's playing more snaps because he's kind of knows that defense finally and. Uh, Aaron Donald's going to do Aaron Donald things. If he's not making an impact, he's getting double and triple teamed, uh, freeing up others. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey on the back end is going to, you know, lock down, uh, hopefully lock down Debo Samuel. I don't know if they'll have him on Iuke or Samuel. Um, Debo Samuel's been a weapon. He's been kind of that hybrid like Corderell Patterson was for the yeah. Falcons. Um, running it and catching it. They, they'll line him up running back at wide receiver at slot. Um, he's beaten you multiple ways, so that's that's something the Rams have to contend with. But uh, I think the Rams' defense gets enough done. You know, Garoppolo is not a guy that's uh, beaten anybody with, through the air. They're two and zero this playoffs. Garoppolo doesn't have a touchdown pass, so that's been a lot of the kind of the the fodder online on social media is like, how does this guy find a way to be two and zero in the playoffs without a touchdown pass? Um, I think the Rams' defense gets in his face enough where he's he's not going to light the world on fire again. And then you got the Rams offense with Stafford clicking with Cooper Cup, who I think could be the MVP. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the running attack with Henderson and Sony Michelle and Cam Akers. Um, OBJ on the other side of Cup. I mean, what a duo that's become. Um, how do you contend you can't guard them both? Um, they have Higby, the tight end's really underrated. Yeah. Um, Pretty good offensive line. The Rams are clicking, and you know they kind of they 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 sold their soul. They bought a team. They kind of pulled like a New York Yankees and brought in all these stars: OBJ, Von Miller, Matt Stafford, um, to put with their core of, you know, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Um, kind of, kind of, and and you know, if you go back to the Jalen Ramsey moves, even one of those like Yankee type moves, um, bringing in superstars and Pro Bowl players, caliber caliber players. Um, but yeah, they're, they're finally gel. All these stars have to gel as a team and they are now, um, they've been together a pretty long time now and they're, they're peaking at the right time. And I think they're poised to, to win and host the Super Bowl in their stadium. Um, so, and, and one thing that will be cool, Bronson is Rams chiefs will be an entertaining Super Bowl because we all remember 2019 Monday night football, LA Coliseum, the greatest regular season game maybe in the history of the league, 54, 51 Rams winning on Monday night football. And, yeah, that, tra- I remember that. and that track meet that Jared was Goff. Like, <laughs> and that was with Goff, Right. And that yeah. was a track meet that was back and forth. And Aaron Donald, I think had two defensive scores in that game um, on strip sacks. Um, I mean, just big play, big play after big play in that game. So it's, it's going to kind of be a quasi rematch. If the Rams had stayed in St. Louis, this would be the battle of Missouri. Yeah, that's true too. Um, it's going to be, if it ends up Chiefs Rams, that's going to be just a, a shootout, fun, oh my star gosh. star studded. I mean, the stars that'll be trotted out. Can you imagine the promotion of that Super Bowl? Right. I mean, can you imagine? You, you know, watch it'll end up being our your Dana White time. can make that thing look. You know, <laughs> I mean, promote that thing. We're we're kind of hoping for that, but. Uh, you know, Rams Bengals is kind of what you and I are hoping for, which will be interesting as well. But uh, that, uh, 
Rams Chiefs is kind of would would kind of be a marquee event, and um, and uh, it w- would definitely be super hyped up. But um, yeah, that's that. So that's my pick. Is I I got the Rams. I th- I think the Rams even cover. I think they win by a touchdown. Um, I I think like made a thirty to twenty three uh, range. So I I got the over. Uh, the Ra- so the Rams are what? So what are they favored by? After three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh man, I'll tell you. Like, I, I gotta be honest. I'm really conflicted. I'm super conflicted. Um, yeah, uh, Vegas, they, they always pick it perfect. They make it so hard. <laughs> no, but like, I just I'm with you. Like, I just don't know. I don't know if the Rams can lose three times in a row. But at the end of the day, too, it's like the Niners don't have the offense to. Keep keep up I, I, their offense is no but i don't kinda... think it'll be it'll be a shootout like i don't i don't see it do, that, that happening even with stafford and cup really clicking right now i mean they he they they played twice the they played the niners twice this year and then yeah the, the niners defense is good and you've talked about how they run the ball and stop the run and play physical yeah so they they are going to beat the rams <laughs> up to, to add drama to the to the side i'm going to pick the niners but i wouldn't be shocked and i'm kind of picking the niners because i I think if I think if the Rams win, they don't win by more than three three and a half. So, um, I'm taking I'm taking the points. <laughs> well, who do you think will win outright? Um, uh, I'll go San. I'll I'll do the I'll do I'll do outright in the points. I think San Fran. So you got a twenty the, you, you got a, a twenty twenty rematch. Yeah. Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. I teased it some. Uh, so let's do it. See, let's I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the same Super Bowl as two years ago. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm I'm picking San Fran <laughs> hoping that the Rams because the, the Rams are just good. I've picked against the Rams every week and they've beaten me. So this is why I'm also picking San Fran. So that way I can see we can have the Rams and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So as as a <laughs> uniform as a uniform nerd that I am, if it's Bengals Rams, the Bengals may choose to wear their sick white uh, color rush jerseys. So then, the, then we could see the cool Rams blue and yellow. Yeah. So that. So that I'm gonna. Might, but yeah. I'm gonna go with the Niners in hopes of the Rams. This is I picked against the Rams all year long. So <laughs> I'll keep the trend going there. So, um, yeah. So there we go, guys. The games are Sunday, and I and um, the games are Sunday. So there you go. And uh, uh, you want to move on to our grab bag segment? No, I wouldn't. Left? Move anything left? Yeah, no, 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 the big one. It, I'm gonna lean into it just because I'm I'm fired up. I got I gotta okay. get this off my chest. So I'm surprised this didn't hit the Dalai Lama's desk. He knows where I'm going now with this. So, the Baseball Hall of Fame voting was done on what was that Tuesday, right, Frank? Tuesday night was yeah, when they made yeah. the decision. So with Tuesday night, I believe um, you know the baseball writers, obviously the ones that have been voting for years, make the call. Um, on who gets in the Hall of Fame, there were some new names that came up this year. Frank, most notably, uh, the big name. We're gonna. I'm not gonna bury the lead. I'm gonna mention that later. But obviously, every year we come around the Hall of Fame voting, we always just mention the question: Well, will will Roger Clemens get in? Will Barry Bonds get in? Will Alex Rodriguez get in? Will you know all these guys that you know Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are kind of more lower than that? We kind of figure they're not probably gonna get in, but. Um, you know, you think of Roger Clemens, one of the greatest pitchers to ever play baseball, and Barry Barry Bonds, arguably probably the best baseball player to ever play the game. 
Will they will they go in the Hall of Fame? Will they will they will they eclipse that with that infamous with that seventy point nine percent Frank or whatever they have they have to eclipse to get in or seventy seven point nine whatever it is to to get that to get that elected vote. You probably know that better than I do. Seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. Okay, thank you. So, um, and a lot of writers have been very outspoken, Frank, about you know I'm, I'm just not going to vote any guy that 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 was accused of playing of, of taking steroids in that era. And obviously, and it's funny because we've. We've poked fun at, and I've even gotten, you know, pretty, and I'm going to say the word pissed. I've been pretty pissed, you know. You know, guys like Ken Griffey Jr. not getting a unanimous vote. A guy like Derek Jeter not getting a unanimous vote. Uh, Larry Walker basically having to wait until his last year of uh, eligibility to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Just the writers really having, uh, you know, you know, it's the, you know, the, the old curmudgeons, you know, the, you know, guys who think that they are the, the moral compass of the game of baseball, Frank. Just that, you know, picking and choosing who they think should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think we've made no joke. I know you. I think you've had my back on this, but uh, you know, and another, obviously we're forgetting the the greatest baseball hitter of our time, Pete Rose, another guy who's not in the Hall of Fame, and, and he can't be now. He's already eclipsed that. I think he'd already passed the uh, the the, the um, eligibility. So Pete Rose is not, you know, unless Manfred were to change something, uh, Rose eligibility is not not going to be a factor. But Frank, due to the voting process, this was the last year. That uh, Barry Bonds could be considered to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Obviously, the greatest home run hitter of our time. Uh, but obviously, there's the you know the steroid suspicion and things like that. But I think well, honestly, a lot of it is too frank. And I think you agree with me. Um, my friend Jeff Parker and I had a little Twitter battle with uh, John Staggerwald, and he's not a writer, but he um, he had a tweet the other day and said. You know Barry Bonds isn't gonna get in. He's a fraud. He's a cheat. He's a hack. And and I'm I'm gonna love every second of it because I know he's not gonna get in. And so I kind of went in about you know I was like, well, this is basically what it is: a bunch of old curmudgeons who have a axe to pick with Barry Bonds because you know we could say as much as we want. You know Barry Bonds isn't necessarily a great person. In fact, you know he's kind. You know I'm gonna say names. Maybe you know maybe bump our rating up here a little bit, Frank. But He's kind of been of an he's kind of been a career ass, a career dick, you know, just the the, guy, the people in general, to fans, you know. We've seen it on camera. We've seen it, you know. Obviously, the infamous confrontation he had with Jim Leland, you know, in that one year spring training with the Pirates. Um, I don't know if it was Staggerwald or someone or Madden said uh, someone in the Pittsburgh sports media told him uh, off the record that uh, one year or something um, warm up for. Uh, a baseball game at Three River Stadium. Someone came up to Barry Bonds and asked him to sign a bunch of stuff as they were doing a charity event or a fundraiser for a kid who was sick. And Bonds pretty much told the guy you know, to go, you know, piss off and go away. He's always going to sign things. He said, after that day, I, I vowed I'd never vote for Barry Bonds to be in the Hall of Fame. And obviously, you know, there's the suspicion of steroids, and, and that goes without saying. But I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I could go on for 10 minutes, Frank, and say the same thing I said last year, the same thing before. You know, whether you put this guy in the Hall of Fame and call him a cheater, all these guys that during the steroid, you know, you know, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, et cetera, Maguire, Sosa, et cetera, et cetera. You put him in the Hall of Fame and yeah, you put you put him on the bottom of that plaque, you know, the epitaph. Uh, maybe the epitaph's the wrong word to say, it's if you're dead, but you know, you know, the the, the summary, you know, you know, these guys were accused of of, of you know, taking PEDs, performance anti drugs and whatnot. And um but no, you know, and then obviously with with Kurt Schilling, his is more of just his his outrageous polit- political views that's really and his hatred of the media that's kind of kept him out of the Hall of Fame. It's like Frank, these guys have a have a have a you know an axe to grind with some of these guys. So um not to kind of bury the lead there too. So the, the votes came out, Frank and uh Barry Bonds did not get in the Hall of Fame. I think there was a couple guys, but most notably Frank, 
I think this is the one that really, you know, pissed me off and, and made a lot of guys go nuts too. And not that he didn't deserve it. And I'm talking about uh, Red Sox and World Series legend David Ortiz, Big Poppy. He gets in the Hall of Fame, and and, it, and it's it's a shame too because everyone's in an outrage, outrage myself included. Uh, and then this is not a knock against David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Uh, it's not that we don't think he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. It's the fact that the writers voted him in. Who in 2003, Frank David Ortiz tested positive for steroids. It was one of the, the you know it was that experimental drug test to see if it can test the drugs, and 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 Ortiz passed that. He he was positive on that test. So now you've just you now you have put in the Hall of Fame a a a guy who has provenly tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. I believe that was when he was still with the Twins, Frank, before he went over the Red Sox. But the writers have they they literally put a guy in who who has tested positive for drugs and Manfred tried to you know double down saying that that, that shouldn't be judged or or they don't uh, uh, you know call it that you know and you know Mark Man was like who's who's he to, to to make that call about what what tests should count what shouldn't count you know who's he you know but it's very ironic you know and i think the greatest thing like i said i've quote a bunch of radio personalities in Pittsburgh about this but i don't think none so much better than adam crowley frank he said you know what's that saying the kids say these days imagine telling on yourself like that he said the writers blatantly have told on themselves with their decision on Tuesday, you know, omitting Bonds, who was suspected of taking performance-enhancing drugs. He has never once been officially popped for taking performance-enhancing drugs. And then you let a guy like David Ortiz in, who has, you know, is without a shadow of a doubt, at one point had taken performance-enhancing drugs. And I know Madden jumped in and said, well, it's because, you know, he, Madden's always had the theory, too, of like, why the Peng, my Penguins fans love Phil Kessel and like Evgeny Malkin, you know, they're cartoon characters. We, we, we are more fans of their caricatures than we are of them as a person. And he goes, and Ortiz is the same way. You know, he called Ortiz, Ortiz an ass kisser and he was in the media and the fans, big poppy that spit in the gloves and rubbed them together. You know, he's more of the caricature, the cartoon character poppy. So people are happy. And, no, and again, I want to stress this, Frank. I do believe David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. And I guess it's a guy, he, he was a DH. Well, Edgar Martinez is a DH, and he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously, I think the one thing that I think what people get wrong about Hall of Fames, Frank, and I, th- I think maybe you'll agree with me on this, is it isn't always just the best stat producer in each position in each part of the game. You know, it, a Hall of Fame isn't a walking, talking Elias or Elias Sports Bureau or whatever, Sports, you know, Inc. or whatever. Each Hall of Fame should tell the story of the game. And and in your in your credentials as a Hall of Famer, football, baseball, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, basketball, whatever, hockey, is can we tell the story of the game? Uh, and and are you a vital enough part of the history of the game that you must be included in, in the telling of the story of the game? And that's why a guy like Joe Namath's in the Hall of Fame because obviously the, he's not in there because of his stats. He's throwing more career interceptions than touchdowns. But obviously the guarantee, Broadway Joe, you know the 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 fork legend of of, of Joe Namath. And I feel the way in baseball too, Frank. You know, and I, I don't want to pull my phone aside, and I, I don't want to keep running this all night. I know we want to wrap this up, but uh, and, you know, I've been really holding this in for a couple of days, and I'm, I'm hopefully you appreciate my my fired upness of this, and uh, just kind of wanted to get something going on here. And I was going to take a quote that Tony that Tony um, uh, Kornheiser said the other day on PTI when it came down, and I I, um, I tweeted it so I can find it really fairly easily here. Um, he said this, and this is the, there's an audio, but I'll just read it. You know, we already have a hall of fame where the guy who had the most hits in history, Pete Rose is not in 
Now we're going to have a hall where the guy with the most home runs in history is not in, Bonds. So what kind of hall do we have, really? And so I think about that, Frank. And, you know, a couple of days ago, I wanted to, to tell you straight to your face on camera that, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, hey, as far as I'm concerned, maybe I feel the way now, Frank, as far as I'm concerned, the baseball hall is a fraud. And, and I would love to go to Cooperstown and see inside. And you've been and you've told me how what a great experience it is. But how can I take your Hall of Fame seriously when the when the when the hits leader of all time and the and the greatest home run hitter of all time is not in those beloved halls? Again, congratulations to David Ortiz. Well deserved. And then I do feel bad in the way that he's kind of getting, you know, scrutinized by people, you know. And it, it, it's a shame for him. And it was great for Barry Bonds on his social media to reach out and congratulate Big Poppy on everything. And that was great. And that shows the class that Barry Bonds has, even though a lot of people claim he doesn't have very much of and And maybe to either right, Frank. But the Baseball Hall of Fame, and any sports Hall of Fame, Frank, is not is not a is not a, a, a Dudley Do-Right, you know, good moral code conference for a Hall of Fame. O.J. Simpson's a Hall of Famer. We know what he's done. Um, you know, Terrell Owens finally got in the Hall of Fame. We know what he's capable of. I even think that Antonio Brown deserves to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer, even all the outrageous lunatic shenanigans he's done. You know, it's not what you've done off the field; it's what you've done on the field and the story of telling of your sport and were you at one point, you know, a, a pioneer, a difference maker in your sport. And even before the alleged steroids, obviously, we can agree that Barry Bonds was that. And the same thing goes with Roger Clemens and and, and down the line. You know, I feel just as passionately about Roger Clemens. Um, you know. So, um, and like, you know, and Adam Crowley said this the best too, Frank, I'm throwing all this stuff at you. I know I'm sorry, but it's funny that, you know, Andy Pettit's held in such high esteem in the, in the, in the national media in New York stuff. It's because he was the guy who came out and, 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 uh, you know, said, yeah, I took it. I'm sorry. I took steroids. I'm sorry. And it's like, you know, he's a beloved Yankee, a beloved pitcher. And Clemens is kind of penalized because he fell on the sword and, you know, deny, deny, deny. This person's out to get me. That person's out to get me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I think the fact that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds not being in the Hall of Fame, and I think I think Roger may have like a couple more. And I don't know. You you know more about this than I do, and I fully admit that. But Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are people that I grew up watching play baseball, Frank. And I made it known and, and documented that baseball was the first love I ever had in watching sports. So I went to Pirate Games. You know, I you know I paid attention to baseball as a kid, and maybe I might have ste- stepped away from it for years. You know, a couple years here, a couple years there. I do know that Roger Clemens was probably the best pitcher I'd ever watched uh, play the game, and Barry Bonds was the the greatest hitter I ever watched play the game. With the outside of the McGuire Sosa home run chase, I mean, they as Crowley said the other day, the ESPN would cut into Barry Bonds at bats. And, and and you would just stop whatever you were doing and watching it. And I, I just don't think that, you know, those things should be ignored, you know. And I think the process of voting the Hall of Fame should be changed. And I don't know how I go about doing that. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of the older voters maybe should be, you know, theoretically, not literally, put out the pasture and allow maybe, you know, people who've played against these guys who played the game, uh, you know, maybe not just younger writers, but maybe I think every Hall of Fame maybe should be voted by people who've played the game, people peers who shared the field of battle with these legends and maybe knowing their impact on the game and whether they should be in. But um, I know Frank, I kind of went off there and I'm just very passionate about the fact that I think the guys like Bonds and Clemens should be in the hall of fame. If you're going to put them as cheaters, call them a cheater and put them in as long as they're etched in stone on the walls and Cooperstown. I don't care. Pete Rose, the same thing, the greatest baseball hitter of all time, all time hits leader because he bet on baseball, which is the Cardinal sin of baseball, which I understand. But even if you put him in the Baseball Hall of Fame and call him a cheater and he disgraced the game by cheating and betting on baseball, put him in and write all those things on the bottom. But you got to put him in, Frank. That's all I have to say. 
I take it to the Dalai Lama, the baseball expert. Um, I don't. I, I always forget whether you're on my side or not. Usually, I think you take my side. So, uh, clean up what I said. I went off a little bit, so and I apologize in advance. No, Ronson. I, I mean, that's the one thing about this show. It's uh, it gives you and I a platform to get on the soapbox once in a while and give a rant. Um, it's that you and I are so passionate about sports, and that's why we do this, and that's what our fans want to hear. So. Totally love that segment. I will say this, though. um, I'm not going to agree with you 100%. I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here, which makes for for good podcast listening. Um, The thing about the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown is it's not not an entity that just exists to enshrine baseball's best stat getters. Um, it is a private club um, formed by writers that bestow honor, the honor upon a player of becoming a member based on a lot of factors. And, you know, many of the clauses are outlined and are talked about during this is, you know, the character clause, um, contribution to the game, integrity, um, and, and those type of things. And they consider that as well as your stats. Um, and that's what's keeping Schilling and Clemens and Bonds and a lot of the PED users out. Um, you know, these guys got to be mega rich from from padding their stats, um, rich and famous. Um, and the only way to really punish them um, for doing the steroids is to keep them out of this Hall of Fame. Um, nobody is ever going to say Barry Bonds wasn't a good player. Um, wasn't the greatest home run hitter. Um, but you can say that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's like the one little thing that you can kind of get at him, which I, I agree is petty. And these writers kind of are taking it too far. I kind of am leaning towards the put him in, but put the asterisk. Um, put it, you know, the little write up on the plaque should say something. Um, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time, amassed 762 home runs, um, putting him number one all time. Although he was accused of using performance-enhancing drugs during a dark era in in, in the game's history, um, it, I think it has to be noted. Um, I'm I've always been a a, a a proponent of Pete Rose being in because um, there's literally no evidence he ever threw a game. He never bet on his team to lose. He, he was caught betting on baseball and betting on his own team, but he bet on his team to win. He never bet on his team to lose and, and threw a game um, like the, the, the Black Sox scandal in, in 1919. Um, 4,256 hits, by far the most of all time. Um, Pete Rose deserves to be in. Um, Bonds and Clemens, I'm still so torn just because there's no way to quantify it. And somebody came out with a study a couple of months ago. If you can find it online, read it. Um, a computer program kind of laid out what their stats would be if they didn't take steroids. And there's no way to really come upon that number. But Bonds, they they ended up saying Bonds would have had like 550 homers instead of 762. And obviously 550 gets you in the Hall of Fame. Um even in the 90s when he won three MVPs with the Pirates, um, 
early nineties. That's he was skinny and you could tell there was no steroids yet. And he had a 10 year stretch from like 88 to 98 where he hadn't taken them yet. And he was, you know, one of the greatest players in the game. So, but that's, I think he deserves maybe to be in because I, I don't think that steroids helped bonds get into the hall of fame. I think he's a hall of famer without them. I think keeping him out is the punishment for using them. So that that's like where I fall is like, I'm I'm not one of those people that say bonds was only good because of the steroids. No, I think keeping him out is the punishment for using them and denying it and never apologizing and being a jerk in the elevator to people <laughs> and, and not signing thing to kids because the hall of fame is not the hall of the greatest stat getters. It's the hall of the famous baseball players that, you know, exude character, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very debatable. I, I can't give a, you know, I know I'm, I'm kind of being on the fence, but that's why it's so tough to decide. <clears throat> um, I think it's just ironic because Alan Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame, which he was voted in by the same writers. Right. Who are did you hear Starkey today? Joe Starkey talked no, about No, I did not. Because uh, I listened to a lot of B-Team. I know you're a Madden guy, but uh, but this was like, I listened on my lunch break, so like yeah. the Star- Starkey's on at noon, and he said, what kind of a world is Bud freaking Selig in the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds isn't? Bud Selig, a guy that benefited from... Yes. That whole era and turn a blind eye to it to get raised. As did back. the very sports writers who were voting these guys in the Hall of Fame. Let's not yeah, forget right. that too. People were reading their columns because they were writing about McGuire and Sosa and the home run chase. And yeah. exactly. So a lot of hypocrisy going on. I, Major I think hypocrisy going on. I am leaning towards uh put them in there, but put but put a blurb about the PED. And I know and I have no issue with that. I, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean and Clemens no, is Clemens is off. Him and Bonds are both off the ballot okay. now, but they do have a chance with the Veterans Committee. I don't know if those folks will put them in in a, in another twenty years. You know, it might be that ultimate punishment, Bronson, to where they're both put in after they're passed away. No, how does the and, Veterans Committee go? I, I I do not know about that. I'm not hundred percent sure. It's 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 more like what you said. It's a group of their peers. It's fellow players that vote. Um, it's fellow enshrinees. Um, that are on kind of like a Supreme Court kind of okay. thing. Uh, there's there's a handful of them that can uh, that can like overrule the writers. And there's a certain time frame where like now that Clemens and Bonds have done their ten years on the ballot with without success, I think they have to wait like now in like another twenty. And like after that, the Veterans Committee can put uh, you know anybody they want in. So, so there's uh, a good chance like those guys could get in posthumously. That's right. Like I was just saying, they, the ultimate punishment might be they get put in posthumously so they don't get to enjoy the honor. But Bonds, I mean, th- you know, I think Bonds is probably in his early 50s. So if he's in his in his early 70s, he'll, he should still be around. But um, uh, it's I think this year alone, Mini Minoso, um, I want to say Buck O'Neill. There's a couple guys that Veterans Committee put in. Well, that It's funny because. Madden went off about guys who you know Bonds isn't Bonds isn't getting because they already said he even uh, Madden even mentioned the day about Dick Allen not getting in. he's like he goes Dick yeah. Allen Dick Allen didn't you know Dick Allen didn't get in because he was a mean guy too that's why a lot of people didn't, a lot of, yeah. you know he rubbed some writers the wrong way too the late great Dick Allen you know who uh, you, you met, know yeah 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, just that, that meeting with Mr. with Mr. Allen was just fantastic. Like, oh, well, you know, and we have some friends who know him a little more personally because he, he did live in Wampum. But, you know, after that that lunch I, I share with him, I'll, I'll forever hold him dear in my heart. Um, but, um, but no, Frank, and thank you. And I'm glad you took a little bit of the, the devil's advocate. I think it's good for yeah. the show. I think it's good to, to kind of go oppose and opposite-wise. And I, I really do appreciate you did that. And thank you for a lot, humoring me and allowing me my chance to get on the – the high horse there and go off about bonds and clemens and kurt Schilling again he did play in the pe there but let's not get it twisted he's it's more because he's he's uh he, he's on a different planet than us right now so <laughs> yeah it's his fights with the media on twitter and his kind of you know shocking political tweets that he's done and kind of things for and then he yeah. he actually asked writers not to vote for him yeah he said, i don't think i don't want, think it depends him yeah he says he wants to take it to the Veterans Committee, so he must not. He must want to want to wait that little ride out to see if he makes it in the Veterans Committee. But uh, no, he and and Schilling's a guy that his stats are not overwhelming, so no, he's a, right. he's a fringe guy. Pretty he's known winner, for, though, you know. Yeah, he's he's known for the postseason with Arizona and Boston, the bloody sock and all that, and the the you know the World Series MVP. Um, but his stats are on the cusp of not being. Oh yeah, over- no question. Um, Bonds and Clemens stats are overwhelming, and even their they calculated their non-PED stats would have been good <clears> enough. Um, Clemens in the 80s, the 20 strikeout games and the, the dominance before he seemed to use them. Um, yeah, the, those two bonds and Clemens could, should should definitely be, I, I, I guess, should be in. But uh, yeah, Schilling, Schilling did get 70-something percent last year. He was so close. Um, this year he dropped down because he asked to be kind of left off. Yeah. Uh, go, just, just to wrap up Ortiz, you're right. Um, kind of seems hypocritical. Ortiz had a positive test, but the difference is like it was that test that um, later came out that they couldn't really. It was an early test that they couldn't prove what the drug was. Um, they couldn't really prove if it if it wasn't a false positive. He can, he kind of still denies it. There wasn't enough evidence to really call it a positive test. He wasn't suspended, um, so. Who who knows with that one? But you're right. He he can get in with a positive test because he's lovable, big poppy, and and everybody loved him, and he treated yeah. the media well, and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I mean, Bonds could have been nicer, and if he was a little bit nicer, maybe he gets in. But um, yeah, to, to have I'm just going. Have, I mean, not at you. Just that. Just that. Yeah, that you're you're reflecting their the writer's right, opinion. Right. That's yeah. their sentiment, not mine. But yeah. uh, that's that whole. It's it's a hall of fame, not a hall of stats. Kind of thing that that they, they that they kind of bring up, but um, they they want good character role model type people in the in the Hall of Fame, not just your your overwhelming well, stat I'll, stat for. We'll jump off this spring before I get, uh, <laughs> I get more fired get up. Get fired up, but so well, we're gonna do a quick hit. Thing. I'm just gonna mention some some headlines that we're just gonna touch for a few seconds mm-hmm. here. Um, we're gonna start with the big one that happened today, Frank. Ben Roethlisberger officially today announced his retirement from the NFL. So something we knew coming, and and we chronicled Ben Roethlisberger's career a couple episodes ago uh, when I when we talked about Ben's last home game. So not necessarily something we have to hit for about twenty minutes here because yeah. we already did that. But just um, you know, to, to, to take about you know ten seconds, you know, just uh, you know a Pittsburgh guy through and through, you know, here at the Steelers and. And uh, obviously his, his his three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowls, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, 
legacy of winning never had a losing season as a Steelers starting quarterback. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, the the sexual uh, assault allegations will still be there. ESPN was very quick to jump on that today as well. So, you know, woke center, you know, quick to jump <laughs> on quick to jump on that. So, mm-hmm. but I understand that, but um did you hear Colin the, Cowherd really critical of him today? I did not I, watch Colin. I was shocked I um he kind of said he was overrated that he got all his stuff done early in his career in the last decade, you know, hasn't gone back to a Super Bowl, has been as many, you know, kind of as many interceptions as, t- as touchdowns almost, um, couldn't win with a good defense, couldn't win in a bad division. Um, a lot of stuff that he's a little bit out of touch with. And you could say this, and I'm sorry, Frank, you could say the same things about Aaron Rodgers. Right, which I think he did say that. He's like, Rodgers is kind of looking that way too, but I yeah. kind of... The the fan was covered. Mahler, Chris Mahler was covered like critical of Cowherd because like yeah, you know, you're not really in the trench. Like you're a national guy, you don't really know. Yeah. Um, what the Steelers did not have an easy division. The Ravens yeah. were always good. The yeah, Bengals, really. The Bengals under Dalton and Marvin Lewis were in the playoffs five straight years. Not to mention Palmer, Ocho Cinco, Hushmanzada. Yeah, that era it was too? not a bad division, and he didn't have great defenses. Everybody remembers like. Yeah, James Harrison, TJ Watt, like kind of some good defensive years, but there were years where our defense was bad. He always had a bad offensive line. So like yeah. Calvert, a little, I, I A couple of years they had a good offensive line, you know, when they had Palancy and DeCastro and all that. But other than that, you're right, Frank. You know, most of his career was behind a horrible offensive line. Now, I will say that the 13 and three year where they lost to Bortles, um, that stretch that, that with. Was- yeah. Well, the stretch with the killer bees, they, they needed to make a Super Bowl that stretch. And of course it was stinking Tom Brady and, you know, but that yeah. stretch with the killer bees, they should have the at bo- least the gone. Bortles, and, and like, and I, and it's, 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 it's completely okay for people to say this, but what's always going to be other than the Super Bowl wins, you know, you know, the loss of the Packers in the Super Bowl, which I don't think he's held against Ben, you know, yeah. the fact he got there and Rogers was just, you know, they were better men than but, fumble. It meant not, meant all fumble, but but after you mentioned the Super Bowls and everything else, then all all of a sudden you know it's it's thirteen and three losing to Bortles, and then and then and then in two thousand and twelve or was going to going to mile high and losing to Tebow, so that's those are always kind of held. And last this. year, eleven and zero. Oh, the Browns. And oh, the Browns and lost. Finishing, finishing one and five. Um, yeah. But I one knock I can say on Ben is yeah, he got those Super Bowls early and definitely should have gone to one more with the killer bees. And if he would have won one more, I always hoped that that we would get stairway to seven because that puts you above the Patriots six. Yeah. It puts Ben uh, it puts Ben above Eli and Peyton. Like it, it gets you to an, another echelon and uh it gets you into Troy Aikman territory. It gets you close to Montana and Bradshaw and he could never get number three, and uh, you know, 2009 um, to not get there, or 2010 to not get to a Super Bowl so, since then. I know it's hard to win in this league. There's 32 yeah. teams. Mike, as, as Mike Sullivan would say, it's a hard league. Um, right. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike Wilbon. I mean, I think I think he put it today. You know, because Kornheiser asked him where he would rank him, and he said he would put him above Rivers, above Eli Manning. He said even above Rodgers, he said, and probably on the same pedestal yeah. as Drew Brees. Probably right next right. to Brees. Not on talent, of no. course, but on, you know, all, all the intangibles, winning and, and yeah. whatnot. Because Rodgers, of course, arm talent, probably the best to ever do it. Yeah. But uh, only has the one ring. Uh, ben has the two. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to go down as one of the top probably 15, 20 quarterbacks in the history of the game. Yeah. He has top top 10. And, yes, it's a passing era now, so these stats are a little inflated. But top 10 in all the categories, yards, touchdowns, wins, um, you know, win, wins as a starter. His record that they were going through it, his record against the division, Bronson, 66-26-1. and one. Um, Just against the AFC, really good. Um, winning record against the Ravens through all those tough years. Um, and of course, Big Ben remembered Bronson for his ability to escape tackles, break tackles, um, extend plays, draw, draw it in the sand. Here we go. Here we go. Mike Wilbon, PTI today. This is Wilbon was preaching to the choir. He was preaching the sermon. Here we go. Pittsburgh Steeler through and through, tough as nails. You couldn't bring them down. Uh, probably the first quarterback and best quarterback ever to combine, you know, size and skill to be 6'5", 240, um, to be able to escape tacklers. In his early days, you know, scramble, run around, make plays with his legs, extend plays, draw, draw plays up in the dirt, um, Sandlot-style football. Um, his heroics and, you know, yeah, the the Seattle – yeah, Will Bond said um, – the, that was in the, Dallas, not Detroit. Right, he was wrong Dallas. Um, but the Detroit Super Bowl, he, he, he gets knocked for playing bad. Yeah. Um, well, he, I mean, he played great in the in the playoff run up to that. You know, good against, good against Cincinnati, good against Indy, awesome against uh, Denver. We Denver all remember the gunslinger. Oh, that's um, my favorite. And then, of course, the the Holmes pass in in the the Cardinal Super Bowl is in that final drive stuff of legend and. Um, yeah, to do it 18 years with one franchise and do it the way he did it. Um, and, you know, a guy that changed his life around. Yes, the, you mentioned the, the sexual assault uh, allegations, the, uh, the motorcycle accident. He became a family man and a man of faith. Uh, yeah. He became, he, he became a strong Christian. He, pre, um, he speaks at Victory Family Church for Mike Tomlin's uh, Man Up event all the time. Um, this guy's a man of faith and he's, uh, 
he's found God and he's found, he, he said, he, he mentioned when he retired, how blessed he feels and that, that God made all this possible. And, um, he, I think he's going to be a, a great voice going forward in his retirement. I think he's going to do a little bit of TV and, and, and things like that, but I think he's going to go on the road and, and speak and t- talk about his redemption story. Cause, yeah. um, that, that's something that, that can't go unnoticed either. Uh, Katie, my wife was saying that, uh, you, you, you can't go. She said, can I, can I put an input input for tonight's show? She said, uh, you got to mention how how Ben changed his life around it and his redemption story. So, um, yeah. a lot a lot of the people nationally that knock him haven't seen that. Um, we we see it locally. How 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 much of a family? Well, man. they want to see it to people. They want to see it too. It, they don't get don't get don't get a twist in the media. The media props who it wants to prop up. And like Wobot said, they're the ones that want to give Ben all the all these. You know, he didn't do this, he did this. But then they're the same media that wants to make every excuse why Aaron Rodgers isn't winning. Right. So, you know, Bronson, I just want to wrap it up by saying thank you, Seven. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say it too, so, yeah. Thank you, Big Ben. Bronson has the jersey on tonight. You guys can't see it, but uh, his jersey's on to, to pay homage. Um, I, still, I, I still have a Ben Seven jersey that I got to break out and wear just to pay pay tribute. Um, thanks for 18 great years. We hope, we hope this is uh, not goodbye. We hope to see you in the booth or on Channel 11 on Black and Gold Zone or something. Guess what? And I don't then, care where else to see him, Frank. Because we're going to see him in Canton, baby. Yeah, next we'll stop, go. Canton. I'm going. I'm putting it down right now that I will go to Canton. Hey, if we're still having a podcast in five years, we'll record live from Canton maybe. But uh, Ben will be the next dealer likely to go in unless we can get Heinz Ward in there. But uh, congratulations on a great career. Enjoy your retirement. Um, be Same. with the family. Um, awesome, awesome ride you took us on uh, to, to get us two two more rings, number number five and number six. And, and just thanks for everything. Um, yep. Bronson, uh, other than that, grab well, bag I wanted wise. to hit a couple things before we yeah. get off the air. We're, we're, we're doing good. We haven't even hit two hours yet. So right. um, I'm going to make these real quick, though. Just a couple here. Um, Penguins news real quick. Um, Jeff Carter, two-year extension, three, 3.125 per year. It sounds like, you know, Jeff Carter said the Penguins, you know, extended his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berkey and, and Hexed, I guess, you know, and obviously you don't have to go to Hexy about how much he loves uh, Jeff Carter. History uh, together in LA, yeah, yeah, Philadelphia too, to a little bit there, um, but um, but yeah, Jeff Carter stays a couple more years here in Pittsburgh. This leads, this led Josh Yoey last night, Frank, to tweet the fact that uh, this signing pretty much means that the Penguins are gonna they're gonna do what they can to keep the core together, and this the re, the rebuilds gonna at least be put on hold for another couple of years here. They're yeah. gonna try to keep the core together. Um, I love the optimism. I love the enthusiasm. I got to see 58 and 71 locked up before I believe any word of any of any rebuild be put on pause here. I'm a little bit afraid of the numbers at 3 million AAV because if we stay at a flat cap of 81.5 million, they're not going to be able to bring back Rust and Rodriguez. And I really would like those I, guys. I think they're accounting for the fact that, that, that Rust isn't going to come back. I don't yeah, think Rust is going to. Someone going to pay 6 much. million. Yeah. yeah so, as the still the Madden phrase, someone going to pay too much for too long for Rusty and good for him for earning that kind of money. Right. Uh, you know, you always say, well, you know, cause Sid kind of has a, you know, a factor in Sid and Gino, him getting that money. Hey, good for them. Gino got Ryan Malone paid in, 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 in 2009 mm-hmm. or eight, I should say he went and got Max Talbot paid. He got Fedotenko paid, you know, good, good for those guys. Go, go get your money somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think they're, I think Frank, they're already planning that Russ isn't going to come back. I wouldn't they, be shocked. Good. 
They, they well, he's everybody's predicting Gensel money for him, and you know Gensel's a little bit better than yeah. Rust, so they can't they can't justify paying uh, six times six uh, for yeah. for Rust. Uh, that's the Gensel deal, six times in, six, which is now friendly a friendly deal for the Pens. In in I think in the offseason, I think they do find a suitor to get Zucker off the books, even if they have to kind of take a chunk of his money off whatever they have, to, they have to eat a little bit of it i think they yeah, they, they find I, a way to get him off the books i've been i've been a proponent of saying whatever you can do to dump zucker and Pedersen because that's nine million Pedersen's actually hasn't been too bad this year i, I know he's he's not been bad but yeah. i i think that friedman ruedel and uh P.O. joseph could I'm do looking, that job i someone sent me a picture of that Pedersen or not Pedersen the zucker trade first round you know galchenyuk and kaylin addison and it's like this makes me vomit. Like the fact we get I know because Addison's playing. Addison's getting mi- minutes in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, young and affordable defenseman, but uh, no, yeah, the Pens are rolling. They did lose tonight to Seattle, but they've they're they're, they're seven rolling, yeah. they're seventeen two and one in their last twenty. So uh, they're they're on fire. They're right there with the Rangers and the Hurricanes and the Metro. They got another one tomorrow night. Uh, it, it'll probably be over by the time you folks listen. But they're playing Detroit. Um, yeah. So yeah, Ford Sider, had, uh, Lucas Raymond, those young, young, young guns in Detroit too. So you can look out for them. The I had another. Yeah. Now I had another grab bag I wanted to bring up, but I'm 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 losing my train. Well, I'll bring thought. a couple more. You think about it. I'll bring a couple more up okay. here. Um, uh, lost in the in the in the in the tea leaves here in Pittsburgh, Frank. Uh, I wanted to call him GMGR, but he's kind of more what VPOHO, Vice President of Hockey Operations, G G I, uh, JR. Um, he filled the, the Vancouver Canucks. He's in Vancouver now, Vice President of Hockey Ops, uh, Jim Rutherford. He filled the GM spot, Frank, and he looked to the Penguins to do so. He grabbed the assistant GM, a uh, guy that's been in scouting for 16 years. Uh, Patrick Alvin is the new Van, uh, Vancouver Canucks GM. Frank, 16, 17, I believe, years in Pittsburgh as, as the head scout. Um, he is the first uh, person of Swedish descent to be a general manager in the NHL. Jarmo Kekalainen is Finnish. He's one of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Patrick Alvin will be the first guy of Swedish descent to be the Penguin, uh, Pe- uh, Penguin GM. He's the assistant, uh, Vancouver Canucks GM. So uh, congrats to Patrick Alvin. He was a guy I kind of wanted to chill here for a couple of years. Maybe Hexy and Berkey move on. He's the guy that slides in. He's, he's groomed for the job. He's ready to go. But Rutherford sees something in him, and you certainly can't blame Jim Rutherford being in the Penguins system all that years, no, seeing that talent. So he thinks Patrick Alvin's ready, and uh, who am I to, to argue? Right. Um, yeah, good to see that hiring and kind of one you could make sense because they had a, you know, they worked together in Pittsburgh. So Vancouver, since the Boudreaux hiring has been hot. So we'll see how this new regime uh, and, takes flight there. And then two really quick ones, stuff that, you know, Frank, probably you're not really going to care too much about. Um, racing for Bronson, did wet my whistle there on racing. The Rolex 24s this weekend. That's at Daytona, Frank. It's a 24-hour endurance race of sports cars, different classes. Um, you're going to have... Um, a lot of IndyCar guys. I probably have a Hunter Ray, Hinchcliffe, uh, uh, Herda, uh, Pato Award, Scott Dixon, the defending champ pop, um, uh, um, Alex Pillow. Uh, a lot of good guys there racing there. And um, I'm trying to think of any, any NASCAR guys that are being involved. Jimmy Johnson, Frank, the, the retired seven-time champ, will be back this year too. A year older, a year wiser. Uh, that'll be on NBC this weekend between that and USA. Uh, Peacock, if you want the entire 24 hours commercial free, um, that's always a fun race, Frank. It's a, a test of uh, physical endurance, and uh, can the cars hold the, the much pressure of that high performance? So that's a good one this weekend. Obviously, uh, 
Um, that's not going to cut into the AFC title games. It'll be over by Sunday afternoon. Start Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. The Royal Rumble, Frank, I had it wrong. I thought it was uh, in a couple of weeks or the, the next week. But um, the Royal Rumble is this weekend. And remember what I told you before the show? I said, well, how's it going to cut into the the AFC NFC title games? I forgot that Vinnie Mac, he's, he, he's, he's got a brilliant mind. He's, he's better than all of us. The Royal Rumble is actually going to be Saturday night, Frank. So uh, the WWE folks and Vince McMahon obviously mm. clearly don't want that heads up uh, battle with the um, the NFC Championship. So the the pay per view who's usually on the Sunday night will actually be Saturday night. So by the time this drops out, will probably be the night that's going to happen. So, but if you do listen to this and you, this drops on a Saturday or Friday, get on WrestleRumble.com, put your picks in. You think you know who's going to win the Royal Rumble? You wrestling fan, you think you know who's going to win? Put the picks in. I think a thousand dollars is the is the grand prize, Frank. There's some other side side questions there too as well. So that's a Saturday night on the on Peacock. Um, that's another that's a Peacock one too, Frank. Is the WWE Network is on Peacock? So wrestling and racing coverage there. The Royal Rumble, the big pay per view on the road to WrestleMania. We will recap the Royal Rumble here on this show, courtesy of moi. And um, Frank, did you think of what else you were talking? Yeah, about? Um, NFL coaching news today. Yeah. Um, the, the big one is Sean Payton stepping down with the, the Yeah, we Saints. didn't talk about that. Um, so, yeah, after 18-some years, um, Sean Payton steps down. I thought kind of he was opening the door to get the Dallas job. Um, off and I think you're right. I, I, he didn't he started as an assistant. Down. Yeah, he yeah. started as an assistant in Dallas way back under Parcells, I believe, that he, that he turned into a Saints job. Um, they're gonna, McCarthy's coming back one more year, but if he fails again, I think uh, Peyton wants to uh, wait that out and see if there's an opening in Big D. Um, he'll probably work a year on NBC, Sunday Night Football, or one of the networks, um, and then see if he can get back into it. He says this isn't uh, this isn't retirement. Um, and then two vacancies filled by again some more no names. I'm starting to not know all these coaches. Um, I, I don't even know the guy who the the uh, Matt Eberflus. Is the new coach, the head coach of the Chicago Bears? He was the Colts defensive coordinator. Yeah, Colts. Um, and then, and then Nathaniel Hackett, the Packer, um, and you kind of talked about this earlier with yeah. Rogers sweepstakes. Nathaniel Hackett, Green Bay's OC, the new head man in Denver, and he's actually son of Paul Hackett, former coach at the University of Pittsburgh. So that's, that's right. kind of, oh, there you go. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, and I mentioned earlier, Frank. You know, if he's there. Luke Getze, they're saying now, probably probably going to – the musical chairs of coach is probably not going to get Luke, Luke Getze there. So they're saying if Luke Getze is the OC of Denver, this is pretty much shaping up for a Rodgers to Denver kind of deal. And if Devontae mm-hmm. Adams signs as a free agent, it could be, it could be like the NWO something or like a Hogan <laughs> or something there. But And I and I said I heard there was a link there that Shailene Woodley grew up in Colorado or something, so she has a link there. So his fiance, so – um, I'm sure if Getze is the OC there, things will heat up. Luke Getze, the Pittsburgh native, a guy who has uh, helped along the development of Aaron Rodgers. And uh, so he's a guy to look out for, too. But no, I'm glad you brought that up, Frank. Uh, you know, the, not the sexy names we've been we've been looking for, your Harbaugh's or your whatever. But it looking more and more like Harbaugh's probably going to stick at Michigan. I don't think the vacancies that were open are, uh, are appeasing to him. I the only thing I could think of Frank that would lure Harbaugh away is maybe if the Raiders job, if the Raiders job is there to be had, I think other than that, I think he'll probably chill another year at Michigan, hopefully beat Ohio state another year and, uh, uh, increase that prestige that he has. And I know he would like another shot at the NFL, Frank is Harbaugh didn't fail. didn't fail in the NFL. It's just that 
he had a bad, you know, obviously he had a bad uh, experience with the uh, the 49ers brass there. Trent Baalke, actually, I think he was there in, in San Francisco. So they had a falling out together, which he's now in Jacksonville. And that's why people think that left, which is he wants uh, some management changes at Jacksonville for maybe he considers the gig. But um, no, Frank, um, the coaching carousel is still many ways to go. And I think some guys are going to wait until some of these teams are eliminated to, to talk to some people. Um, oh, one thing I think we, before we go off the air here, Frank, um, Brandon Hunt was talking to, uh, what was it? No, was it not New Orleans? Was it talking to New Orleans? Or is he, Brandon Hunt was talking to other teams, Frank. So mm-hmm. I think he might want to turn the heat up on the Steelers. You know, if you're not going to hire me as the GM, then maybe I might go somewhere else. He did talk to another team, except I think New Orleans was the team that talked to him. Um, but um, I could be wrong. But um, and now John Clayton came out on on, on on the fan on the B team and said that uh, Colbert retiring was 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 a false story. But 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 Clayton was the one that reported it in the first place. So I don't know. Or maybe or Dulac said that he 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 uh, pulled that back and said that that was never a story on his radar. So. Who knows what's going to happen with the Steelers uh, football operations department. Stay tuned. We found out the retirement news today. So, mm-hmm. Frank, that's all I have. Um, we're, yeah, we're right around two hours. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. A little less than that. It's probably the shortest show we've ever recorded, to be quite honest. So, um, uh, Frank started off, so I guess I'll end it. So, uh, uh, big thanks to Frank for doing this. A little, little longer than what we wanted to hit, but we hit everything we got to hit. And next week, we'll probably... Um, Next, um, I, I I don't I may I may Frank maybe pull the executive decision maybe taking a week off because then we could come back with the Super Bowl preview recap the games because there'll be a week where we're a little, like next yeah. week we next use week the break, we'll yeah. nothing to preview mm-hmm. so we will have nothing to talk about the week after so maybe we take next week off and then we come back the week of the Super Bowl we preview the Super Bowl recap the AFC and NFC title games. Recap the rumble, make that a bigger show. So we take next week off and then have a bigger show the week after that. So sounds good. If, so if the fans are, are angry, they can they can forward all the emails and complaints to me. <laughs> I made the executive call. I take <laughs> I, I, I take the heel the heel. No, I'm uh, on board. I'm on board with that. We could use a, a breather. <laughs> I take I take the heel move off of Frank there. So there you go, guys. So thank you for listening. Um, thank you for tuning in. Big thanks to Nico, Rocco, and. Uh, Justin McConnell. I don't know why I blanked. I told you it's late. Bad. We gotta get to bed. Off of uh, Next Level Nerds. Listen to their podcast. They're previewing the Marvel Universe, Star Wars, some other movies. I'm sure I, I'm not where I'm a little. Be- I'm a little behind, so I gotta catch up. Um, big thanks to Frank's wife Katie, who edits the show, and for her in- her um, input tonight on uh, the mm-hmm. career of Ben Roethlisberger. And she's always welcome to uh, leave some notes or even come on and, and, and input opinions if she wants. Frank, so. Mm-hmm. Love that, and thank her for doing so. Um, uh, thank you uh, for you uh, staying up doing this with me. So I will deny neither of us sleep, nay, another second. So until next show again, which will probably be the week uh, leading into the Super Bowl, for Frank Conta, I am Bronson Allman. Enjoy the AFC and NFC title games. Enjoy the Royal Rumble. Enjoy the Rolex 24 if you're a motorsports nerd. And enjoy all the college basketball and uh and uh, and hockey in in between time uh, and until uh, next time take it easy and for Frank Contact Bronson I'm top guys out, out. Football, football, football. hockey throw me the baseball now toss me the pigskin now feed me the rock now give me the rock <laughs>